jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys so much for being back with us here for episode number 223 here on monday may the 17th 2021 we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe Morata. i'm joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy did you may the 17th be with you yes there you go yeah, uh, how every, was your- every day may have a good birthday on the 15th. There, oh, yeah, it was, Saturday. It, was, it was wonderful. The big three, five, let's, two, nine. It was great. <laughs> You're still going with that. Yeah, huh? What? If you haven't wished Quinn a happy birthday, you may do so today on Facebook if you want to, uh, because Quinn is now 35. He has joined me. Join the ranks. Oh, I have? Yes, you've joined the ranks. I don't know. You might have to check my birth certificate. I'll check it out. And thank you for joining the ranks here, folks, as we're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. Have some great topics in store for you, we think. But before we get to any of that, we want to remind you, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you're going to get daily clips about the old wrestling, and you can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Quinn, there's no drama there. We don't do drama. We don't it's, allow it's it. It's not an area for drama. <laughs> drama you can free go zone. to TNT for that, because um, we don't have it <laughs> at our right. Twitter.com we don't. website there. But if you want daily wrestling clips, a dozen or so a day, you can go to at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you want to at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place for people to talk to you and me and to wish you a happy birthday is where? Over at the uh, Facebook.com slash birthday slash 29. <laughs> Make sure you do the slash 29 at so the end. what's the whole deal there? Well, over at Facebook.com slash birthday slash 29, they have a search bar, and that's how you can find the, the party room. Now, is it an open bar? Maybe. Okay, what happens? I, well, okay, you type in the search bar. Our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, we got boom tubes, Gorka Fluey, hit the join group button, and you're in. And then you can talk about all the wrestling and 29-year-olds you want. Right. Oh, okay. That's very yeah. good. Now, I do understand there's a bouncer at that door for that bar. And uh, yeah. <laughs> what they're asking you to do when you join the group, folks, is agree to one rule and one rule only. Right. Which, this is the code word. And what is that code word, Quinn? Don't uh, be what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And that essentially means talk about the old wrestling as much as you want. WWF, WCW, whatever disagree debate don't be a jerk yeah we we don't do that over there that's That's not an area for jerkishness if you want to argue on facebook you can argue on our facebook group just don't turn them into personal attacks and things like that just have fun talking about old wrestling you can do that on facebook and if you like pay-per-view reviews well you are in luck we do have them available at patreon.com slash ovp podcast now we do this to give back to you guys that support us and you can find them patreon.com slash ovp podcast Every single review from the first WrestleMania up to Royal Rumble 93 style is out right now. (laughs) Quinn had a field day with that that, one. mm, Mm. It's it's no good. There's a lot of Teneru standing around and things of that (laughs) nature. But if you want to hear what we think of all those pay-per-views, you can get those at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And Michael? Yes? New season, obviously, has been going now. Right, right. New. It's new. It's new. And we have uh, renewed our contract as game show hosts. Oh, yeah. I we, forgot. I forgot about that contract. Yeah, we do this every I, now I and then. I did sign it very, like, casually this time. I didn't even, like... I don't know if you read it. 
I I don't know either. Pat Sajak was like, could you just do this for me? I'm getting old. (laughs) And basically on this this new opening segment this season, we have been asking you fans to give us an opinion that you hold about retro wrestling and end it with change my mind. For example, we talked about Hulk Hogan in 93 being good. He's not. We talked about Kevin Nash having rewatchable matches last week. He does. But it is now time for another rousing edition of Welcome back to Change Your Mind, the OVP game show where we see if we can change your mind. And if you want to partake in this, you can do it on the Facebook group. But when we have a new contestant joining... Whose mind are we changing today? Whose mind are we going to try to change today? Well, it is from Dave Parada. Hmm. No relation to me. Joe Murata. Right. Clearly. Dave Parada, the, the Joe Murata clone. Because yeah, it's not the same last name, so I would be related. You Possible. Know? It, it is. It's the Parada line <laughs> of Muratas. <laughs> and he, um, he posted this on Facebook. He's a good contributor. And he says, Quinn, The Undertaker should have retired undefeated at WrestleMania. Change my mind. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think that's something that Triple H tells you. Um, <laughs> That you're supposed to believe. Like, he should have retired undefeated. That's Triple H's, like, a big stance. Him and Sean are big on that shit. They say it all the time, and I don't know why. Let's try to get to the why before we get to the why not, okay? Yeah. Obviously, we know the Undertaker streak. It started at WrestleMania 7. We're not going to run through every match. And it wasn't until... It didn't really start getting mentioned until the later 90s and then really promoted until the early 2000s. First time I was sort of even aware of it was maybe WrestleMania 17 or something like that. Like, you know, where they started... Like, it wasn't mentioned much in the match, but I remember in the build-up, they were like... Undertaker, yeah, never lost a WrestleMania, <laughs> you know that kind of shit. Yeah, right, like right. you know, just like it was started to like be floated around in passing. Paul, who's never lost a WrestleMania, and this time he could. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. But anyway, yes, uh, it wasn't really. I think it was very casually mentioned, maybe at thirteen. You know, Jr. Yeah, and he has never lost a WrestleMania. You yeah, know, like something that, like something that. Like yeah, that makes sense. But it didn't really start attaining the mythical status until. I want to say, yeah, after 2001, after Triple H lost to him. Yeah. And then Undertaker beat Ric Flair yeah. at 18. And the, then, like, the horrible handicap at 19. Anyway. The, the handicap was the first overt, like, we're trying to break the streak. Because yeah. do you remember? It was like, I'm going to make you fight two people or whatever he did. <laughs> whatever I, it was. You had to fight Luther Reigns and Big Show or whatever <laughs> yeah, that was. It, was. it was Big Show and uh, some guy Albert, that, wasn't yeah, it? Some guy that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And that's how you're going to lose the streak, right? The Undertaker remains undefeated at WrestleMania! Now, I, for the record, Quinn, and I, I bet you would agree with this, mm-hmm. I don't think that he necessarily should have lost uh, to Triple H at 17, although it wouldn't have been out of context. No. That would have been, and in fact, there is a longstanding, That I actually guess, wouldn't have been, like, at the time, people wouldn't have been surprised right. yet. Because like I said, at that point, I was possibly aware of the streak by 17, but it, did, it wasn't something that I was like, this is what WrestleMania is all about, is right. the Undertaker streak, <laughs> which is what it would become. Watching in the back of a truck somewhere. Yeah, you know? like without pay-per-view. Yeah. I don't know how you did that. Mobile, but, Alabama. Yeah. And yeah, there was a, a rumor, and I think it is true, that Triple H was going to win. Shawn Michaels was going to be involved, but then Shawn showed up all, you know, E-A-U, and yeah. it didn't happen. But I see. And I don't think that he should have lost any of these other matches, including the two to Sean, the two famous ones at right. Wrestle 25 and Wrestle 26. Uh-huh. I don't think he should have lost a Triple H at the two that they did. 
I think honestly, everything was fine until post the first loss. Well, I agree with that, but there's a lot of people, and I know Tony Legda is one of them, that probably says that CM Punk should have been the one to end it at 13 maybe. In, in, in 2013, but maybe. I don't know. The whole streak thing was like a big thing. Yeah. I, I think I was probably mad about the way it was presented. I was just like, well, I just want everything in, I'm involved in to be the best it possibly can be. And if you're just another guy wrestling The Undertaker at WrestleMania, it feels like that's exactly what you are. You're like, oh, The Undertaker needs to beat somebody at WrestleMania. Here you are. So my, I, like, I had ideas to actually build it up and make it look like a threat. And I never felt I was. The one that ended up breaking at Brock, that one actually seemed like feasible right it was like yes. i like cm punk and stuff but like as a character he doesn't seem like the guy that can like stop the unstoppable undertaker right right he's not that kind of wrestler he's Does crafty that, yeah he's crafty but like when the undertakers at wrestlemania has like extra powers and shit That's you know true. what i mean yeah, like powers. there's druids and stuff sometimes like, he has a cape yeah like we don't know. he's more powerful than usual so it doesn't seem like the position for CM Punk. I think Brock Lesnar was actually hindsight being 2020 is a perfect fucking choice for this shit. And I know people are like, he wasn't young anymore and blah, 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 but you no, know he what? wasn't, you know what? They had nothing. And, uh, somebody had to carry the company for like three years while they didn't know how to have a world champion anymore. Well, it's true. They didn't have CM Punk yeah. anymore at that point. Yeah. When Brock won and, uh, Daniel Bryan was going to win the world title, which they didn't have big plans for. Right. And they had John Cena, but Cena was just starting his, like, sometimes I'm going to be the top guy and sometimes I'm not. As much as people didn't like the Brock Lesnar is the champion, but he's not really their thing, they didn't have much choices because they don't build stars. And when you don't build stars, you got to have this guy that used to be a star a million years ago come in and, like, hold on to your belt while you try to make stars and you never do because they can't be bigger than the company. <laughs> like, there's all these reasons. Well, and he was also a bona fide UFC star as well. Right, exactly. So he had name recognition. He's an actual star, unlike most of the roster. So Brock wins, obviously, and that's a very famous or infamous, depending on how you look at it. I loved it. You know, I liked it too, yeah. Uh, it, that made WrestleMania 30 even better than it ne than it already was. It was good. Remember that Undertaker match the whole time? We were like, this is not very good. Yes. But then we didn't realize, it was so surprising that we didn't see what they were even going for with it. Right? Brock, like Brock's going to win. The idea was Brock just dominated him. A third and five to the Undertaker! Brock Lesnar into the cover, hooks the leg, the streak is over. It didn't click with us until he actually pinned The Undertaker what the fuck was going on. And I think Undertaker was legit concussed in that match, right? Didn't, uh, I didn't don't know he if it was this one or the, the next one, but yeah. I think it was that one. But you said something earlier about how it was fine up until that first loss. But then what happened is The Undertaker kept coming back. Right, and it didn't It didn't have the same oomph. oomph. It didn't have the same... Is that a Yiddish word? Yeah, it, it just... <laughs> I didn't really give a shit anymore after that because I was just like, he lost and that's nice. And, you know, he could on Raw maybe shake Brock's hand and just yeah, sure. go off into the, the fog or whatever he does. Like, you know what I mean? I'll tell you one thing. I think that if he would have retired undefeated after losing to Shawn Michaels, I mean, after after defeating Shawn Michaels in their second match where it was like, if Shawn doesn't win, he retires. Yeah. If it was like a double retirement, like, like Shawn... a secret double retirement, yeah, like, like he was just all saying. I'm retiring too now. Yeah. Then I get it. 
Right, that's but he fine. kept going, right? And right, so the two but, Triple H watches. Yeah, at that point, <laughs> then it's like, you know what? At like, some point, at, dude. At, at that point, it was like, okay, he's got to lose then because, like, if he's just going to keep coming back until he loses, that's, yeah. I get it. That that's a that's a perfectly logical story. It's like when he loses, it's almost like every WrestleMania is a career match for him. Right. If he if he doesn't win, <laughs> right. he doesn't move on. That's fine. Now I get why someone would ask like that. He should have retired undefeated at WrestleMania because. The streak was such a built-up thing, and The Undertaker is such a notable character. That's one of those things you can really only know in hindsight, though. Like, there's no way they could have, like, been like, oh, well, we can just keep lining up our biggest guy to fight him every year. Right. right? You know what I mean? Like, they thought they could just do that forever, because, honestly, Mark Calloway's such a good worker. He's pretty decent at hiding that he's old. No, that's true. You know what that's, I mean? They, they figured they, for just, the most part. they just feed people to him until they finally make a decision who they want him to lose to. It almost feels like that's what happened. Yeah. Would it have really improved upon his legacy at all to stay undefeated? It's not like it diminishes him. I do think him. there was a desire for them to get to 20. I, I can tell they wanted that magic number of like, wow, 20. Once they were rolling, yeah. Yeah. Like, like it what, seemed like that was the end goal. Because remember, that wasn't, what was, what did the streak end at? 20 and 1 or 21 and 1? 21 or and 1. 21, yeah. So it was like at that point, it was like any WrestleMania now by the time he surpassed 20. So you think Brock was the right choice at the right time? I absolutely do. Because honestly, they needed to, when he came back, people always forget this, but it was a little shaky if he would be as good as he was. Remember, he had like a kind of disappointing match with John Cena. And then like, because he's Brock, he only had like three matches since then after like two years or something, because that's just how he works. That's how it was. Right. So it was like, it was getting to the point when we hit The Undertaker, it was like, they really got to put up or shut up with this like hiring Brock thing again. Is this worth all the money they paid? And it and it paid off because they did that thing with the taker. And then Brock was off to the races, like making at least the WWF be able to stay afloat. Oh, I, I don't know. And not not seem not seem as minor. Like when Brock was on top again, they didn't seem like a oh remember WWE. That wasn't what you thought. Nowadays, you think oh remember WWE when they <sighs> were good. Like there was they, a big actually, fight feel with Brock. Yeah, and the, they, the, the matches were still a big deal when Brock was involved. Yeah, there was a level of gravity to the main events. Yeah. But would you have batted an eye if Undertaker had lost to CM Punk the year before? No. I, I don't think I would have. I think that would have worked. I look back at the character, and I think we were all caught up in it. But it, I can see from, like, if you're running the place and you can, you're able to step back and look at everything... It really doesn't make any sense that the CM Punk character, just because he's popular, should beat The Undertaker. It should be more like... Hell. You know what I mean? The Undertaker? Well, I don't know, Quinn, because think about it this way. And this is not to campaign for CM Punk. I mean, the past is the past, but would it have done more for CM Punk's career? He might the, still be there. Or the company yeah. if he had won. If you're going to break the streak, whether it's in 2013 or 2014, who the hell cares, really, at that point? If CM Punk wins, that's probably better yeah, for as him. As much as I like CM Punk, they were never going to hand him anything that important because they didn't trust him. It's he was such a vocal asshole to them his entire time there. Rightfully it, so, it, it, some might say. Yeah, but. <laughs> rightfully so. But I'm saying, like, if you want to be handed something like beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania, that's not going to get you there. I guess not. You have to be somebody that's in their camp that they're buddy buddy with. But let me ask you this: Would it have really added anything to the Undertaker to not ever lose at WrestleMania? Would that um, have ultimately made WWE more I money? Saw, I you know what I'm saying? Even when. I personally was always under the belief I was never in the camp that he shouldn't ever lose. I, I figured he had to lose at some point. I was point. always like, well, when they have the star to beat him, you know, the person they want to 
ascend. I always thought it would be a younger guy. So I did think I. that was my my whole thing. So did but I. But looking back with the way they build stars, yeah, which is they don't do that. They don't build <laughs> stars. But looking back, yeah, it actually always would have been somebody who was somewhat more established than say like some guy that came in two years ago. Like it was always going to be that way. Now that True. I think about it, yeah, I mean, it was going to be somebody that's like a quasi legend, like maybe not a legend yet, but if they beat the undertaker, then they're a legend. Like I always thought maybe it's John Cena or something like that. Right. No, I could have seen it being John Cena. I actually thought Shawn Michaels had a crack at it the first time. I did too. The second time I didn't, I knew he was going to retire. They're both old, but at some point, see, here's the reason ultimately from a kayfabe, like, you know, like a fan immersement point of view where I don't think that the undertaker should have retired undefeated is at some point, it's like the dude's old and that's visible. And it's just like, he's got to get worse as time goes on. Oh, yeah. All athletes and all sports do. And at some point, but it's he's bold- a zombie, Joe. Listen, sometimes he-, he is. Sometimes he's not. Sometimes he feels like one. Sometimes he's booger, but. Yeah, sometimes he- he's booger he biker. He's been booger for many years. No, by this I know. Point. Booger red. But I'm just saying, at some point, it's like, we know the dude is old. And I know. at some point, I know. he's got to get worse. And, and the one thing I never liked about the streak, by the way, while we're at it here, <laughs> is why is he only really good at WrestleMania? Well, you see, well, you know what? Here's the thing is that that wasn't always the case. I know. In, in kayfabe, he was always, always good. But then like, after it, that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying. After around like 2007 or 8, when he stopped doing a full schedule. Right. All of a sudden, he was like, I'm only good here. And then he wrestled like twice a year most of the time. Yeah. And it's just very aggravating. Like SmackDown or something. Glad he lost. Yeah, he yeah. was on SmackDown. I'm actually glad that it was broken from like a fan point of view, just because like enough already. Yeah. But I'm, the, honestly, the moment that Brock broke it was worth breaking it that's when i realized like oh this was worth it i just remember you and me first of all they actually for once their timing was impeccable because <laughs> literally like no one thought brock was gonna win they were I like i didn't i did not i had no, not not a million years I, like it's like come on brock lesnar really like yeah, i brock didn't think Les- so that, that they, they they had us lulled totally into it they had us lulled, and the match was kind of nondescript, and it wasn't very good. And honestly, I always, I've said to you this before. What? That I think the match was nothing on purpose so that people wouldn't fucking like... I don't think it was. I think Undertaker was legitimately hurt. Mm. I think. Yeah. I don't maybe. think they're going to go out there and be, let's have a shitty match at WrestleMania. Are you shitty, serious? Not to say shitty, but I mean, it was mostly domination the whole time to the point where like you thought like, oh... Big baby face come back, you know, like that shit. Die, die, die. Right. Die, 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 baby face. Like, <laughs> and, and like, it just never, it never happened. And that's what that to me, they, the reason I knew that that was sort of intentional was because later on they did the same shit with John Cena. Yeah, to a worse degree, well, to you a, know, a more extreme degree. Right. Exactly. So I was like, oh, this is the style that the Brock matches are like, where it's like, you think the baby face is going to come back, but right. no. And that's like a rejection to like the usual way wrestling is. True. I think also there's that whole deal with, you know, from being a legend, to use that term. Mm-hmm. And at some point, don't the fans expect the legend to put someone over, to give yeah. someone the rub? And wouldn't it kind of, I don't want to say it would tarnish his legacy, but I bet there would be backlash if he retired, you know, and at 56 years old or whatever the hell. And he never lost. And he's like, oh, I never lost. And everybody's like, well, fuck you. You should have yeah. fucking put someone on. You know no, what I'm well, saying, yeah. right? See, this is this is the funniest part about all of this. They're like damned if they do and yeah. damned if they don't. Yeah. Because like, if he had not lost, 
to this day, people be like, man, Undertaker, what a piece of shit. He's just like Hulk Hogan, (laughs) like what an asshole, right? right? (laughs) But now that he lost, now it's all, internet's all like, oh, Oh, he should have. He should have lost. He should have never, ever lost. They were totally. He's a legend, damn it. is always wrong about (laughs) everything. They're always wrong because you say that they, they, no matter what they do, they can't be right. Right. If he had won. He, they would have been wrong if they if he had lost. They would have been wrong. <laughs> right. So just that sums it up, though. Yeah. It really does, yeah. honestly. It's just but, like, what, but honestly, like my final opinion is basically like after the Brock loss, you he should have just like walked into the fog and never come back. Pack up from Death Valley, go down to Fort Lauderdale, get a condo yeah. and or whatever. You know, hi Steve Austin, it, it, I'll do your show. Pigment comes back into his skin. Right. He's not a color. zombie. Anymore. He was just like possessed or something. It's revealed. <laughs> Like, I don't know. And now he's just Mark who, like, goes to Walmart a lot or something with his wife, Michelle. I like to shop. Yeah. And I think we can both agree on this, and maybe most of our fans, too. At least they didn't have Triple H beat him. Oh, yeah. You know what? That that is, like, the silver lining with all this. No matter which way, at least it wasn't Triple H. Three times he lost to The Undertaker. God, you know if he... You know he wanted it, right? You know, I don't know. At the second I don't one, know. At the second one, you know, no matter what he fucking says, you know he he's like, I gotta be better than Sean uh, and beat him on the second one. Uh, uh, maybe. Uh, you know, you know, you know he would want it. It is funny though yeah. uh, to imagine that. But folks, let us know what you think. Should the Undertaker have retired undefeated at WrestleMania? Should he have lost? And if so, who should he have lost to? And when? You can let us know that, of course, on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can shoot us an email or join the group. And thank you, Dave, for the suggestion. Folks, be sure to let us know. If you want us to change your mind, you can send in your suggestions on Facebook. But, Quinn, when we come back, it is week number two of the Royal Rankings. That's right. The best world title changes of all time. That'll be coming up right after this. Sunrise doesn't last. How, when, and why was the decision made to end the streak? Well, no one wants to give back to the business more than The Undertaker, more than Mark Calloway. He knew it's important to give back to the business. There comes a time in which it's time to do that. So why not then, when you consider, okay, who else was looking down the line when you look at a talent roster, who else possibly could Undertaker work with and at that time, give back in the biggest possible way he could to help someone be a star. When you look at that talent roster, you know, who was it going to be? There was no one on the roster, potentially, you know, in the following year or the year after that. It was timing. And the one person whose time was there at that moment who Mark thought, okay, this is it. That'd be Brock. Come on, dude. You can't tell me Undertaker made that decision. I made that decision. Okay, you made the decision. Okay, I thought you were saying he was serving himself up. No, no, no. Are you looking for something new? You've got to try C. Howard Violets. That's right, guys. I promise you've never had a candy like this before. They're unique. They're delightful. They're addicting. And listen, I wouldn't do this if they weren't. In fact, I want you to go to cHowardCompany.com right now. Pause the show. Pick up their sampler. Get a pouch of Violets. Heck, buy a Violet shirt. Just tell them OVP sent you there. 
You've heard about the blue chew. Well, this is the purple chew, and I'm telling you, these things are truly delicious. Even Quinn likes them now. Again, that's cHowardCompany.com. The letter C, HowardCompany.com. And remember, tell them OVP sent you there, because you've got to try the violets. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 223, May the 17th, 2021. Be with you. Be with you. Hello, Quinn. Let's briefly again recap the Patreon very quickly, a recapitulation, if you will. If you like OVP. I like it. Okay, that's good. Me too. (laughs) And you want to support us, we have extra content for you. That's the reason we do it. Yeah. Okay, that's the point of the Patreon. There's only extra, extra, read read all all about about the content. That's right. There's only two tiers, $2, $5. That's it. There's no gimmicks or anything like that. And it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. On the $2 tier, you're going to get an entirely separate show. Mm. The 1983 and soon to be 1984 canon. This, don't sleep on this. This is where I would would not sleep (laughs) on it in any way. This is where Quinn and I have been going through every episode of WWF Championship Wrestling since January of 82. It's got history. Yes, it does have history. It's got legacy, if you will. And we are now approaching 1984. Uh, So Hulkamania is almost here. And this is released in video or audio form every single Friday. You could watch along with us if you'd like. You could watch along with us on the video or just listen to the audio. People do both. And there's free ones available on this podcast feed right behind this episode and on our YouTube channel. Go subscribe on YouTube, too, while you're at it. Give that a shot. $2 a month. And then if you want the full Monty, if you will. Yeah, the Monty. The Kip Sop. Yeah. You can get that for 5 bucks a month. That includes the 1983 Canon. And like we mentioned earlier, all the pay-per-view reviews, those come out once a month. And they're like between three and four hours. Out now is... The Royal Rumble 93 featuring Caesar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember him? Remember Caesar? <laughs> I, I love him. He's, he's he's so over at that show. And guess what? We get to see him again next month in oh, June. In his Ben-Hur music. Yes. Thanks, his, Bill, for yeah, that, yes, by thanks, the way. Bill. Um, we'll get to see uh, Caesar again at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas at WrestleMania 9. That'll be coming out in June. So, again, if you want all the OVP pay-per-view reviews and you want the canon, try it out. No commitment, no pressure, nothing like that. But it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And now, Michael. Yes. The Royal Rankings. Oh, them. World title changes. That's right. Now, what is that? We should probably explain, right? Well, it's uh, when there's this tank. Yeah. I know I know about this tank. Okay. This tank has been voted on by the fans. They, they fill up this tank with the people. Top 10 the top bottom 10. The top 10 bottom 10 of what is this one? This is world title changes. World title changes. The fans fill up that tank, and then we pull them out of the tank, right. and we rank them. That's correct. And see who's the, it's the top 10. We'll see who the best is. That's, right, that's bir- the Quinn explanation. That's your of birthday all of it. present, okay? There you go. I, I did it. Um, now, now you can just keep that recorded and just oh, drop yeah. it in every episode. Let me just add to that that we alternate weeks, okay? So this is the best, which is the rankings. Next week again will be the flush. And Joe Merkel, you didn't mention him. He's a chief statistician. Oh, sorry, Merkel. He helps us compile all these votes, okay? Right. So we thank got- you, Merkel. I just so it's in the recording, right, Joe? Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll that, add it that in. it's always. Oh yeah. Added, everyone knows, okay? Yeah, I'm really going to do this, too. All right, so basically what we've got right now, world title changes. There's two on the board. I'm going to run them down for you. Number one, despite the fact that what they did with it was really horrible, as Chuck Mess pointed out, Goldberg versus Hogan, July 6, 98, Nitro. It was a great moment. Notable title change, absolutely. Very notable. And very close behind it because it kicked off the Attitude Era, kicked off a new era of sorts, and it got rid of Shawn Michaels for a while. What? is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 14. Yes. And just to clarify the criteria here, we are not strictly talking the quality of the match. No, no, no. That can help, of course. Mm -hmm. We are not strictly talking about how the rain went. 
We are not strictly talking about the buildup. It's a combination of all the factors, meaning that as we get into this, we're going to need to really refine the criteria. Now, and didn't we nail didn't this we down? Establish last time, though, that the title reign kind of in this particular case is not the important part. Like it's not the, least, the most it's, it's important. It's like the part. least important part. It is, but here's what happens as we get into this, and we have a list of like four really good title changes. Then we have to refine the I criteria. See. And, I see. And see what I'm saying? Okay. With that said, though, if you're ready, Quinn, we're going to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Mankind did it! We've got a new world champion! No, we don't either. Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Look out the big splash! One, two, and The first undefeated man! It is the Royal Rankings of World Title Changes, week number two. Quinn, it's going to get difficult. I'm just putting it out there. This is not going to be easy. I got things to say about all of the rankings all of the time. All the time. And folks, you can obviously let us know what you think on Facebook or on Twitter. But Quinn, we've run down the two that are on the board right now. Yeah. It's early still. It's still in the early goings. Goldberg, Hogan, Michaels, Austin. But two more are going to come out. And there's here's the thing. right? A good world title change sticks in people's minds. That's really memorable. It could yeah. lead to something. It could be a feel-good moment. Oh, yeah. Right? It could kick off a new era like we've seen here. It could be something that maybe you've really anticipated. It, it could just also just be a one-and-done. It could be, right? That everyone remembers for the rest of their lives. Right. And that's why, as we rank these, it's going to get very hot and very heavy as time oh, goes on. Oh, it will be very heavy. <laughs> the heaviest. So with that said, why don't we pull another name out of the tank? Let's go down to the fans and count down. Let's find out who drew number three. Oh man, mankind versus the rock. Ha! Ah, this it- one. You this know, is a great one. It's a good moment. It one hundred percent is. Honestly, the thing that sticks out the most at me is the butts in the seats aspect of it. I think most people remember that. Yeah, and well, okay. First of all, yes. Let's not go into what I think. Let's what happened here. Okay, good point. Yeah. All right. So the match uh, aired on January fourth, nineteen ninety nine, opposite Monday Nitro. Obviously, pre tape. Was pre right? tape. That, that's a big part of this. <laughs> yeah. So it was taped on December 29th. This is during a period of time, in case you might have forgotten where. Raw was live every other week. They would do a live Monday, and then the next day, the Tuesday, they would tape they, the following week. They week's still hadn't Raw. saved up enough coin to yeah. be live every week. <laughs> right. I think that was like July or August of 99 when they started finally doing yeah. that. Okay. And Eric Bischoff previously in 1995 and 1996 had a proclivity of giving away taped Raw results. Right. And to his credit, I mean, those Raws were pretty shitty back then. <laughs> he was within his rights to tell us, because you know what? Would Vince have done it? Would what, Vince have done yes, it? Would, two things. Would Vince have done it? And the other thing is, they were so shitty that I'm. he was doing a, us a public service, right? honestly, <laughs> at that point in time when he started doing Let's be real Let's here. Let's be real. Yeah. Okay. Sure. 
Shawn Michaels beat the big guy with a super kick he couldn't earn a green belt with in a local YMCA. Stay right here. It's live. It's where the action is. But we have hit now the, the dawning of 1999. And by this point in time, the WWF has reestablished its dominance in the Monday Night Wars between Ted Turner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that whole thing. And WWF is generally always winning. In fact, the last time WCW had won had been the night after Halloween Havoc when the feed went out and they had to like replay the Goldberg DDP match yeah, the next day. Feed. Yeah, feed. Uh, and for the most part throughout the summer of 98, WWF was winning. WCW would get some wins here and there. Anyway, still very competitive. Both companies are still doing very well in the ratings during this period of time. And over on the WWF side of things, The Rock is the WWF champion. Right. He had won that in the pretty damn fun Survivor Series Deadly Games tournament. One of my favorite things. Yes. It's so good. Maybe Vince Russo's coup de grace, if you will. Right? This is like magnum opus. It might of, be. It's, it's, it's one of the rare instances of all the Vince Russo shit all year coming together in a cohesive story. Yeah. That he managed to write away for Austin to get screwed out of it and still be feuding with someone in McMahon's family, right? Right. Right. Shane and Vince in this mm-hmm. case. He managed to write away where the sympathy, sympathy that had been building for mankind since the summer reached a, a climax because it seemed as if mankind was the chosen one. Right. But only mankind really thought that. And the crowd was kind of like, well, is he? I don't know. You know right. what I mean? But on top of it, the beauty of all of it was that they did the thing with the rock where like they turned him face and everyone was behind it yes. only, only to have the rug pulled out from under us. And that it turns out that the chosen one is the rock. It's not mankind right. without any like real indication. It was like, it was the twist that was like a good twist. It wasn't just like yes. for no fucking reason, you. right? You know what I mean? This wasn't just like swerve, bro. Yeah. This actually made sense. The Rock never did. This is what's great. The Rock never really did much good. The fans just started cheering him. Right. So when you look at the character point of view, it's like, oh, I'm just going to wrestle whoever they tell me to wrestle. And he also makes the most logical sense with what Vince was saying for months about how he wanted like a champion that looked good to like since the, January the, the media and stuff like that. Like that was like kind of his goal yes. and what he was trying to turn Austin into at the beginning of the feud. If you remember. Yes. And then when they get to the, like the rock, you put up your hands and you're like, well, look at him. Yeah. Like he, look, he's got a face for television and stuff yeah. like this. It's like, it totally makes sense. This, this is the guy. Yep. And he's muscular. He's, he's good looking. He's, he's young. Good, good looking. He's young. He's, he's willing he, to play ball. He's everything Vince McMahon wants. And he's been hiding under this whole time. Yeah. Right. No, and, it's and he just, he just swore, he swoops in right when we're ready to take him in. Right. And then where it's just like, no, no, no. He works for Vince. Fuck you. Sharpshooter. There's a sharpshooter. Sharpshooter. Hey, McMahon said, ring the bell. You smell what the rock is cooking. And that's the only time, in my opinion, that an echo of the Montreal Screwjob was appropriate, was good, was effective, was the Survivor Series finish with Vince having the bell rung. No, the, the Screwjob aspect. It was perfect. It was perfectly tied in. Yeah, like it, was, it all made sense. God, it was, it was so well done how the rock won the title to the point where part of me was like, did they do the Montreal Screwjob to set up? <laughs> For this, maybe that's what contributed to people thinking the original right, Montreal right. was fake, right? It was because it was just, it was so well written. It was really well written. And, and I just want to say one other thing about the, the Deadly Game is it wasn't even just the, the Rock, Stone Cold, Mankind. All the little undercard shit going on was great. 
Every like single it, battle was good. It, it tied up a lot of things in 90, 98 too. Like you just had like Big Boss Man doing shit. Undertaker and Kane. Yeah, like Al Snow and like all this weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, Al Snow's like, in right? it. Like it was just, it was all like everyone that like mattered throughout 98 in a, in a small sense was involved. It was a good showcase yeah. of, of the roster. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so The Rock is now the WWF champion, and mankind people are feeling bad for, and he's full-blown face at that point, right? He had been turning face, and he was being the, the funnier, goofier, kind of down-on-his-luck mankind. Yeah. Not the rat piano guy or whatever <laughs> from 96, right? He's more like the do- He was more like the tramp character, like Charlie Chaplin, you know? Yeah. How old are you? 104? We get to December, and they have a match at the December pay-per-view, Rock Bottom, I believe it was. Right. And The Rock wins or escapes with the title. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. So we're building towards this Raw, right? And Austin had been off since that pay-per-view. We hadn't seen Austin for a couple of weeks on Raw, which is weird for that period of time. He was on like every Raw. It's right? December. It's December. <laughs> that's the one damper of this to me is that it's December. I know. WCW, on the other hand, they had had Goldberg lose to Kevin Nash at right. Starcade. They were in a bit of a, they were a bit of a vulnerable position when this happened. Yeah, they put themselves in it, of they, course. They put themselves in it, but like WWE struck back at kind of the right time. Oh, yeah. They were like definitely like they were reeling a little bit a couple weeks after trying to figure out what the fuck did we just do to ourselves, right? WCW had been kind of desperate since the summer when they when they yeah. gave Goldberg the title on free television. That shows the the mentality, right? which is we need a ratings win, right? Yeah. Let's forget making money on pay-per-view. We need a one ratings win. Right. That worked out. So anyway... Goldberg is now no longer the champion. But see, Hulk Hogan had been like, I'm retiring, brother, and I'm going to go run for president or whatever the hell he said, right? This <laughs> Fuck is you, new blood. No, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying it's it's, it's that, that version. It's of him. that version right. is like developing. Right. Now, Kevin Nash had been the leader of the NWO Wolf Pack, obviously. The Wolf. Wolf. And my Wolf Pack, it grew by one. Hulk Hogan had been the leader of the NWO Hollywood. Which from, I've always said from a marketing perspective, no, it's brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant marketing. Yeah. Seriously, it really is. Gang colors, basically. Yeah, it's you know perfect, what I mean? it's, it's, right? It's black versus red. Pick like, a team to identify with. And then everyone goes and buys the shirt that they want and WCW makes all the money. Generally the red shirt, because by then wasn't like Kurt Hennig the leader of the like, Wolfpack? Or, Vir- I mean, the, Virgil the was in the, yeah. the, it's like Crush. <laughs> the, the, NWO Hollywood was really kind of dumpy the, by that point. It became the B team, remember? Yeah, yeah like the well, the B team spun off of like the junky black and white team because yes. once the good guys came back to the black and white, then they like they were like, oh, uh, Stevie Ray, you guys can go like yeah, Stevie Ray can, was the leader can, of the like, B team. You can like license the NWO <laughs> yeah. name or whatever you want to do over there. Like I'm serious, no, like, that's, that's like what it felt like. That's all real. So anyway. We're going to have a big confrontation, though, on this Nitro, this live Nitro on January 4th. Hulk Hogan is going to take on Kevin Nash because Goldberg got arrested or something for stalking Elizabeth, even didn't though he, we... Didn't he punch a window or that, something and yeah. then actually hurt himself in that segment? <laughs> yeah, everything's just going well for them, isn't it? I'm just saying, like, WWF really kind of hit them where, it, where when they were, like, down on their luck. Hey. Like, right, like, freshly down on their luck is what I mean to say. Too damn bad, I yeah. guess, because WCW would have done the same thing. It's true. It's, it's very true. competitive, yeah. right? Ruthless. WCW literally was, like, trying to get off the floor, yeah. and, like, WWF throws this shit out. Pisses in their mouth. Yeah. That's not necessary. Anyway, we're going to have Hulk Hogan coming back, and he's going to fight Kevin Nash. And meanwhile, WCW knows they've got a taped raw that they're up against, so fuck that. Yeah. So... Eric Bischoff pulls out one of his old tricks. We all know this, right? And he tells uh, Tony Schiavone, tremendous announcer, by the way, and I mean that. 
he tells Tony Schiavone to say the whole thing. You know, fans are even switching, thinking of switching the channel. Don't be sarcastic about it. Yeah. yeah We're thing. told that Mick Foley, who used to wrestle here as Cactus Jack, is going to win their world title. Huh. Oh, going to put some butts in the seat. Meanwhile, they do the fucking finger poke, which I hope we get to in the flush. Well, not the thing is, people probably didn't see it because they all changed. <laughs> yeah, changed to go watch the other thing. Whatever the number is, you know, yeah. people can exaggerate that until the cows come home. Whatever the number is of people that switched, yeah, doesn't matter. The point is, it didn't work. Their right. strategy didn't work because people are like, "Oh shit, I love Mick Foley, and I don't want the Rock cheated." You know, when he's with well, Vince. Okay, I think there's a little more basic element to it not even just that like that people cared about the storyline listen anytime somebody tells you that a world title is going to change yep. ads, you're just that's it like yeah. you're, you're moving like that that's always like been a thing with wrestling that i've always said is like fans are very almost like even selfish about it when they go to a, a, an event you want to see a they're title They're always change. rooting, even if a heel can win sure. the title. They're always sure. rooting for the title change because they want to say they were there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same thing with the television. They want to, if, if they're watching TV, they want to say, I watched that episode. Absolutely. So they, the fans, in a weird way, go into business for themselves so they can tell their friends, I saw the title yeah. change. It. Like, it's real. You no, know, it's real. Now, to, for the record, this was leaked on the internet, of course. Now, I was just starting to go on the internet about wrestling, and I don't remember what site it was on. But I remember reading that Mankind won the world title. Okay, so I didn't hear about it from Tony Schiavone. I, I read about it before this Raw. I actually probably missed the little, like, because I was probably on WBF yeah, already. I wouldn't watch Nitro in 99 anyway, <laughs> really, you know? The funny, that's the funniest I part. I, I didn't know Sh Schiavone said this till later. Because you were watching Raw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wasn't watching when they were, like, panning out from the... By the time they would be panning out from the crowd to tell us something, Flip. I would have I would have already have flipped back in case I was missing something right. on Raw. So, honestly, the, the you know what? I do wonder if the, how accurate the Nielsen's are by the minute. I don't know, Quinn. Because how much of that is just, well, a match had just ended on WCW and people switched True. before Shivani even fucking got to say it. True, no, you, it, you, you could definitely be right. Because I'm pretty sure I didn't see him say it. Well, of course they switched. They were going to a commercial anyway, so of course exactly. everyone switched so over. That, yeah. uh, that's, not, that's not to say WWF didn't do a good thing. It's just to say that <laughs> It might be a little overblown right. that like Shivani saying it. Maybe that was maybe that was the the, the icing on the shit the, Sunday. The icing on the shit Sunday or something. Right. But, yeah. But anyway, if you watch that raw and you see, I watched it because I, I wanted to see if it was true. I was like, is this really fucking true? Mankind is going to yeah. win the title. So you watch the raw and it's a big uh, typical, you know, late ninety eight, early ninety nine WWF raw main event. Right. The crowd is red hot. Right. DX is there in support of Mankind, which I really like because mm -hmm. The Rock's got the corporation and all the cronies. Right. And then the great moment where the glass breaks and Austin's back now. I remember like two, three weeks is an eternity back then to not see him. Right. It that's was. True. It really that's was. Yeah. So he comes out, nails The Rock with a chair, puts Mankind on top. And what a pop for Mankind winning the world title. It was a pop. The genuine uh, emotion from the crowd, from DX, yep. from Mick himself. It was a great moment. I do want to say one thing. Yes. And this might be just a personal Quinn opinion. You're allowed to have those. Um, I really, for whatever reason, didn't care that much for this. And, I, and I, I'm probably like trying to analyze like why I thought that. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm pretty sure part of me was like, 
it's mankind. You're not gonna be the champion for a while. Like, oh sure. The only yeah. people that matter in this company are Rock and Stone Cold. Sure. Like that. That's I like, get that. Like I. I don't know why. I just even as a kid, I was kind of like, oh, this won't last long. So who cares? And I think I thought yeah. that too. But it's a good example of the WWF listening to the fans, right? Changing direction because their long term plan was still Austin Rock at WrestleMania. Yeah. This wasn't really planned. This always felt like a consolation prize for like mankind falling off the cell. Well, it was, <laughs> like I'm not kidding. It was more about too riding the wave that they had at that time. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. just well, the fans are in on this guy and they hate the rock. Let's just I fucking will say do it. It was, you know? a, it was it was it, ballsy. It was ballsy. It was natural. It was also like a natural way to pop a rating when you look yeah. back at it because it was like, well, we got this guy that like, you know, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that he could win it, even though it's supposed to be a surprise. But like, yeah, realistically, with how you've booked everything for the last couple months right like mankind seems like oh you can win it. it's logical yeah it's it's not like over the top it's not like fucking billy gunn won the title or something like yeah. randomly you know what i billy mean billy gunn fact would like that one yeah. but that's about it i just mean to say it's just somebody <laughs> else it's not like val venus like right. got a surprise win i'll tell you what though billy for billy gunn fact if if billy gunn wasn't at ringside who knows if mankind would have won right right so he did contribute okay okay um, there you go but no mankind winning is a feel-good moment and that's what i like about it right, right? yeah it for me it actually transcends wrestling to the extent that you have a human element, we know Mick Foley, the man. We got to know him in depth with those interviews in 97. We right. got to see him break his ass for years. So there's really, it's not even about wrestling at this point. It's more of a feel good. The funny point is that this, is, this isn't this is even mankind's biggest moment of 1998. Biggest moment? No. We, I mean, the, we the know hell what, in a cell we know is. What it, yeah. This the, hurt a lot less, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But the, the hell in the cell, the, the minute mankind did that match... And I know it wasn't, none of it was planned or whatever, but however the fuck it played out, he was like a legend by late 98 at that point. By like, late 98, like yeah, it wasn't was immediate. Like, yeah, but um, like pretty quickly people were like, oh, he's the guy that fucking fell off the thing. Yeah. Like, you know, like that, and he was like remembered for it. Like, yeah. it, he almost like, in a weird way, he didn't even like need the belt anymore. He had like ascended. Never needed it. Somehow he had like ascended past like no, Mankind was like a fucking badass and you could beat the shit out of him and he'd keep getting up. That was probably the most important part of his WWF legacy and I think yeah. putting the title on him really made it just so great. I just, yeah, I it, love it, that it, they it, did it, that it for him, you know? Was, yeah, to me it, it just said like, well, he can win the title if he wants to. Right. One of the most feel good, the most feel good moment on this list so far, definitely for me. Oh yeah, definitely the most feel good at this point. So well, the Goldberg thing was pretty feel, was feel good, good too. Also, yeah. so we'll see where that one ranks. But I mean, an all time well remembered moment. Yes, definitely for a hell of a guy to win the title and people, you know, someone that had busted his ass for years. And I like it's the, a great I, one. I think the thing that the aspect of it that doesn't get touched on enough is the like all the like. People over all the faces, like That's cheering I mean. him on and stuff. DX that was at like, ringside, that yeah. was really good. They hoist him, don't they? Yeah, hoist him, they do hoist him. It's a great the rare with DX because DX is not like that. Yeah, but they they were happy that night. Yeah. Like they were the face DX, like yeah. full face DX, full face. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good one. I mean, I knew this one had to make it, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where it ranks. But I think it's time for another Quinn. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go down to the fans, find out who drew number four. Hulkamania is here. It's here. Hulk Hogan, Iron Sheik, January twenty third, eighty four, in the Garden. Well, this wow. is um, 
a very large moment. This is a large moment, this yes. Is a, this is like a era defining the beginning of a lot of good things for wrestling. In most people's minds. Wrestling. Yes. In, Not in, even just WWE, wrestling. It was very good. Yeah. Um, now, the Hulk Hogan, the Iron Sheik, obviously, you probably know the story, the backstory. It's very simple, so we'll make it brief because it really isn't that hard. Hulk Hogan, the wrestler, had been in the WWF before. Right. 79 to 81. And he was a heel in the vein of a superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, he was kind of like fake superstar Billy Graham. Uh, honestly, just like Jesse Ventura, yeah. you know, was inspired by uh, Billy Graham. So was Hulk Hogan. Very impressive look mm-hmm. for that period of time. In the flesh, baby. In the flesh, baby. He said daddy a lot in the early promos. Yeah. He talked a little more calm and a little more arrogant. Daddy. And he had Fred Blassie with him uh-huh. as his manager and was a notable. A wrestler, don't get me wrong, for the 79-81 run. I mean, he feuded with Andre the Giant Yeah, in a good feud. It was no, actually good. He wasn't shitty. He, let's put it that way. Right. He challenged Bob Backlund for the world title. Mm-hmm. Notable. He leaves, obviously, due to a dispute with Vince McMahon Sr. about appearing in Rocky Three. Right. That leads to him then signing with the AWA in 82. I believe it was maybe late 81. Which he makes a name for himself over yeah. there. Hulkamania really started in the AWA. Right. He was briefly a heel there and then turned face because the fans kind of turned him face. Right. And but then there was like some kind of problem with t-shirts or something with right. Vern. The old story was, well, Vern just didn't want to put the title on him because he wanted the rest. Yeah, I want a Brad Ryan's whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> not really, not really, but you know, Who one of those ever people. ever want Brad Ryan Nick Buckwinkle, he's my guy. He's the one that replaced me. I was a champion for 19 years, whatever, yeah. yep. you know? I think that's actually true. Wasn't it like 19 years? It was a long time. On on. Yeah. It's so bad. <laughs> so He's like all old and saggy. I'm still the champion, 7980 or whatever. Then he put it on that young man, Nick Bockwinkle. Yeah. And <laughs> but anyway, he did eventually agree to put the title on Hogan. It wasn't like he was stupid. He knew, like, okay, Hogan's a big star. Yeah, but it was too little too late. It was too little, and he wanted too much of Hogan's share of the money he was getting for merchandise. And I think Japan dates. He wanted yeah, he wanted basically like everything. He like, wanted too much for he, Hulksters. And Hulk and Hulk was like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, I, I, I don't need you. I can go to any promoter and make way more money than this. Right. And he was also had a good name for himself in Japan by that point. Hogan, yeah. As a heel generally. Yeah. So it wasn't as if I just don't want to say, well, Vern was stupid and didn't think Hogan was good. He knew he was good. That's why he wanted the money from him. He knew it was going to make money. What's weird about this like folly or whatever is Vern had to know Hogan was talking to other people. Well, especially it was Vince or, not, you know, whoever it was like, you know, I think they overblow blow the fact that like everyone knew Vince was doing what he was doing, blah, 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 blah. It's like, I'm sure, I'm sure he had to suspect also maybe Crockett was talking to Hogan, you know, maybe just anybody. Maybe. Yeah. Like, I don't know for sure, but maybe yeah, it's quite possible. Uh, so what happens obviously is Hulk Hogan goes back to the WWF and uh, we're almost there in our 1983 canon, but this is a separate canon so we can talk about it. Uh, he returns December 27th, I want to say it is. It airs on January 1st, 84, Quinn. What? And he defeats Bill Dixon. Is that his name? Uh, yeah. Dixon. Rich, uh, Richard Milhouse <laughs> Dixon. Yes. And Bob Backlund kind of does the endorsement promo. And we'll get to Backlund in a second. But he's like, yeah, he's told me he'd change his ways. He's not going to have Blassie around. Great guy. Yeah. Right? Bob Great guy. I support him. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Bye. But back to Bob Backlund. He had been the World Wrestling Federation champion since 1978, defeating 
superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, in the ancient times. Yeah, in the ancient. For WWF, it might as well have been. Yeah, it was a really long time ago by this point. Yeah. By 83, and we've seen this as we've gone on in the canon, too. In 82, he's very featured still. He has a lot of promos. He has a lot yeah. of angles. And he's not bad, really. I, I like Bob Backlund. In 83, he works out a lot. That's his gimmick, because he, he works and he, out. And he likes Billy Gilbert. Yeah, and, Billy Gilbert. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's always like every time something, they're, they're not doing enough with them, they always fall back on the, did you know he could work out? Like, And then he's going to do it on TV. That happens Harvard several step times. Test, yeah. The fucking the whatever that thing. thing with the rolly thing yeah. is. like Him in a dingy gym with Eddie Gilbert. Yeah. It's a it's lot like, of crap. I'm going to make your neck hurt more <laughs> so it hurts less. It's like, what is this? <laughs> and we have seen the, uh, the gradual transformation of the programming since Vince Jr. took over in 82. Better lit. Faster paced. Focus on characters like Don Morocco, Jimmy Snuka. Mass superstar Mass even. Mass superstar. Right. Yeah, like all these people that are like not boring <laughs> yeah right, so, right yeah you know what i mean they're, they're characters right so no matter bobby, what you think of them in real life they're characters know, they're characters bobby backland's still the champion though throughout 83 and a, a guy named the iron sheik comes in and he's a real character he is a real character and he's got the ayatollah blassie with him and this leads to a match at madison square garden december 26 83 where the iron sheik puts bob backland in the camel clutch his dreaded finishing hold Backlund had a previously injured neck. Arnold Skolan, Backlund's longtime manager, throws in the towel. Oh, oh no! Backlund did not submit. Arnold Skolan threw something into the ring. We have a new world champion in the garden. People are pissed. Yeah. In the garden. They're like, what the fuck? Well, they should have seen him come on when Mass Superstar landed his neck breaker. Say a little bit uh, earlier. Uh, a little bit earlier. We know mm-hmm. the context now. That's right. See? Yeah. So the Iron Sheik is going to be the world champion. Hulk Hogan has just returned. Fuck it. Yeah. Hulk Hogan's going to take on the Iron Sheik and not only challenge for the belt, but defend America's honor. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got to get the honor back. And he had the Eye of the Tiger at that point. Right. Don't forget. So we get to this famed show, Gorilla Monsoon and Pat Patterson on the call. What's funny about this is it's a very short match. This is not about the wrestling match. No, no, no. They're launching Hulk Hogan. (laughs) This is not. This is so that they can say on championship next week. Like, you know, yeah. oh, he won. He's so good. Exactly. Hulkamania is born. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. It's like a five minute match, I think. Yeah. And it's in the middle of a card. This right. doesn't go on last or anything like that. And Hulk Hogan takes on the Iron Sheik, who gets a boner. I'll be, the, I always, the boner match. you'll never miss that. Right. Puts him in the camel clutch, but it doesn't make him humble. No. He gets <laughs> out of it. Um, Breaks boot, it. Leg drop. There we go. Hulkamania is here. A- and they would, <laughs> this match because of the implications and what it actually started for them. Like this, like launched them into the stratosphere. First of all, it really did because, uh, um, and second of all, I want to say is they would use this footage. Oh, forever, forever. Like forever. The, him beating the iron Sheik is like the biggest shit ever. I almost think it's short on purpose so they can just show a reel of the whole match constantly. Oh, probably. I'm not I mean, they joking. do, they like, do show it on yeah, TV. They're like, you're going to get to see the whole time, the whole match where Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania was born, and, right. and then you can know everything, the origin stories. So whatever you might think of Hulk Hogan as a wrestler, he was different, and that's why this is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. This was different. This was one of those indicators, you know, those benchmarks, like the Backland era is over. The boring era is over. <laughs> we have a new champion now who is six foot whatever. He's a big guy. It's Muscle different. man. Right. Uh, charismatic. And he talks differently, and he wrestles a power style. Yeah, and, and they can put him on TV on real things, right. like with Cindy Lauper and shit. 
So by the time we get to the summer when they've made their MTV connection, this is your torchbearer. Yeah. You know, and then you get to the first WrestleMania, the rock and wrestling connection. This is the guy and he's on magazines and he's on television. And obviously we know what this all leads to, but it all started on January 23rd, 84. It did. And God, what a difference it made having him. I mean, this is a guy that kids liked, not because he was a role model, but because he seemed cool. Like, that, yeah. like you know, he said brother and like daddy sometimes, daddy right? Like, oh, and he talked about being on the beach. He fucking rides a motorcycle and shit. And, and look like, how big he is. He's how, bigger than my dad. And he tells me that if, you know, I take my vitamins yeah. and all that shit, that I can be, <laughs> I can be as fucking cool as him. And That's I can exactly how he says the it. shit out of big fat people. That like bother me at school and stuff. If you take your vitamins and all your shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but not only that, Quinn. It's not just Hogan. You had Hogan, but all the elements were in place at this time. Vince had brought in Roddy Piper. Yeah, there was there was people to fight him. Vince had brought like, in Doctor D. Yeah, Paul Orndorff. You know, Big John Studd had a feud with Hogan. Everyone had a feud with Hogan. And then Andre was lingering, which right. they would eventually capitalize on that. Right. Andre dumped the champagne on him when he won it. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, it's very nice of you. You know, looking back, you could like I know that some people said that that wasn't planned, but you had to like think like they got to be s- sowing some seeds here because that's like on paper like fucking beautiful. Like well, maybe Andre the, the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. Maybe in the back of their minds. Yeah, one day. One day. No, I'm not one saying day. like it was like they were immediately planning right. it. I'm just saying like yeah, we got we got to you know something's got to give here because they had worked together before they yeah, liked each other and exactly. all that. So, I mean, we, we could go on and on about what happened after January of 84, but it was the start of something. It was the start of something. It was the start of something, and people understood that. Yeah. Like when they were, honestly, there was like no question about it when you're watching that, that you're witnessing history, right? It's like, it's, it's like you could just tell like, that this is important. Very similar to Austin Michaels in, yeah. in a lot of ways, in, yeah. in terms of it being obvious that something Bigger magnitude, would, though. Oh, of course. Way bigger magnitude, because it's like, it's one of those first times where it like really, really, really is so apparent. Like with Austin Michaels, that Austin shit, I mean, WWF is coming off sucking ass. Like they could, <laughs> they, they could just drop the ball and it could be over. This is like definitive, like bullet point. Holy shit. This is it. Right. And the world has changed. And the proof is in the pudding on that one. You, can, you don't have to attribute all credit to Hulk Hogan. I don't think anyone should give all one person all the credit. But the proof is in what the WWF went on to do and become. Right. You know, and it started with this. So, in essence, everything that came after it really owes itself to this. Right. I mean, we, I would think, you know, even, even what WCW, WWF, WWE, what, whoever, you know, this, this is when wrestling became kind of mainstream, really. This is when it became the pop culture phenomenon. I mean, the, the wrestling fans were always the wrestling fans. You this know is, what I mean? This is the, the, the beginning of that. There's a beginning of the new era where there might have been people, and and I don't know this for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were people that when Hogan became champion stopped watching the old guard, the crusties that had been there since the Bruno era. Oh, yeah. Seriously. He's not a wrestler. Seriously. That might have happened. I don't know that for sure, but it really might have happened. Good riddance. Yeah, but time goes on. You know what I mean? We don't watch now. So who the hell are we to talk? All I'm saying is we've watched 82 and 83 on the 83 canon and whatever. And this is different. the writing's on the wall with guys like we said, Morocco and Snuka and stuff. That they're way more cool than fucking yeah, than Bob Backlund, Bob Backlund, and things they're, like they, that. They make the show interesting, right? Even Mass Superstar, like we said, absolutely. Like, it's like just people like that that have like they're interesting and they're different. Yep. Well, let's make it interesting now. When it's ranking time, okay? Sure. Goldberg Hogan's number one. Austin Michaels is number two. Let's bring in the Rock and Mankind. 
as a moment, in my opinion, it's the best moment. That's true. Got the moment factor. The best moment. In uh, all seriousness. No bad versus Goldberg Hogan. Why? Because that that's like something I really remember also like just as much. Like I, I I'm I'm just saying I don't think one moment eclipses the other. I think the consensus is that Rock versus Mankind is much more fondly remembered. It's definitely a warmer moment. The Goldberg Hogan is like a different kind of moment. It's like a big feel like like a television event kind of, mo- kind I, of moment. I agree Let's with put that. It that way. I do agree with that. The Mankind versus versus Rock is more like a feel good. It's a family um, moment. Yeah, like it's, it's, <laughs> they're they're different kinds of moments, but they're also both very big. The one thing though, Quinn, is that in terms of impact, Rock Mankind is probably the least consequential here. Yeah. Whether it's a good or bad impact, yeah, it's, right. probably, it's probably the least, like, mattering. Although Goldberg Hogan wasn't good in it, terms of impact. Right. It really wasn't. We discussed how they didn't do anything it, good with Goldberg is after Goldberg this. Goldberg Hogan, no, that's not the highest rated thing. That's the, the Yurple and all that, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, not, yeah, the Yurple, yes. Yeah, yeah I, it's... I just, I just remember the Goldberg Hogan, like everyone was fucking talking about it with the mankind thing. It was like this. A lot of people oh, did, you, about did, that you, too. did you hear about this or oh, whatever? I like, <laughs> I think the reason people like the Rock Mankind so much is because Mick Foley and his lovability, and because of the fact that WCW tried to fuck him over. Yeah, and it didn't work. I think those are the two big right. things that are remembered about it. I it, think it's better than um, Austin Michaels. Weirdly, it's not as consequential though. It's not as important. Mm, actually, maybe it's not. I don't. Ugh. I know this is hard. It's because, like one of those like you feel good about it, but it's like. At the end of the day, it's not like the greatest title change ever or anything. It's more just like a wow, that was a nice raw. I'll remember that, <sighs> you know. Like this is where we have to file down the criteria. This is what yeah. I'm telling you. This is where we have to factor mm. everything in. As a match, it doesn't. I thought it would like land in between Goldberg and Hogan, and, like and Austin Michaels, just because like nothing beats that like big fight Goldberg Hogan shit. As mm. far, I mean, not nothing so far beats that. Like, I don't that, know, that was though. like massive. To I think me. you're overstating it a little bit. Yeah. I think you are. I really I'm think just, you are. I'm just saying how I remember it. And I wasn't... Here's the thing, right? This is coming from a person that by the time we got to Mankind um, Rock, yeah, that like I definitely liked WWF more. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, wow, the, the Goldberg-Hogan thing was like... That was like a pay-per-view on TV. That was like incredible. Yeah, that's the problem with it. I No, no, no. But I'm saying as, as we're just... We're not talking about that. We're talking about like the moment, right? Yeah, but you could argue Rock Mankind is a pay-per-view quality match on sure. TV also. And so you could be like, yeah, why didn't they do it? But right. They're WWF, so... Well, they did do it. Triple See, H they were smart. Yeah. They actually did it before this yeah, and after at the Royal Rumble, and they knew how to make money and stay in business. The Royal Rumble match is very different, it's though. brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't like it. That's very different. I don't like it, actually. Yeah. It's very yeah. brutal. And yeah. they did Halftime Heat, which was like the fun version. And that, the I happy that. version. I love that a lot. Oh, me too. That's like one of my, that's actually really, <laughs> really You fun. know what the funniest part is? You like that more. I like that more of all, of all three matches because it's just so amazing. Nick to winning the title with a forklift. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's it's like, fun. I don't even care. I like, don't care either. I don't care what anyone says. No. I'll never, like Halftime Heat is something that will never, ever be able to be done the same way. <laughs> yeah, that was like, the only time it was, it was good. super weird and I like know. very interesting to me. I'm just saying. I, like I should it. have been fucking nominated right there. <laughs> Well, then what are we going to use as our criteria, Quinn? It can't be match quality for any of these three. I think it actually, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's actually number three. <sighs> I didn't hit any nail on any head yet. Yeah, but you kind of like, you kind of just summed it up and you were just like, it's very inconsequential. Like at the end of the day, like 
it's memorable, but it's like they've done memorable Raws. They've done memorable Nitros before. It's not like it doesn't exceed any of those. Goldberg Hogan is very inconsequential also, or at least positive. Yeah, yeah it, but it I'm has saying, negative consequences. I just mean to say, is like you said, it's like, I think it's just remembered more. Like from most people. I don't people. think it is. I think Rock Mankind is remembered more. Uh, I think that's a bit of revisionist history. I don't think though. it is. I, mm, I don't think it is. I think from uh, the United States audience, like, oh, get out of here. I, I really think that the Goldberg Hogan was a, was like a like a watershed, meaning it brought in a lot of a lot a crowd. Oh, get out of like here! A, like a, it was like a tent pole of '98. Like get it, it out of here! It, it really did. What are you talking about? This is you're talking. You're of, really overblowing no, no, this. But you're talking. You're, you're acting like this is the greatest thing to ever happen on night. What are you, Tony Schiavone? Yeah, you're you're equating this mankind thing that was like a surprise, whatever. Yeah. In like the in late December on like a fucking, in January, whatever when like. It's not a big deal. It was a huge deal. Everyone was that very was, happy that was about undone this. Undone by the Royal Rumble. Well, Doug Goldberg Hogan was that It it lasted like from July to December. It was horrible. I know. That's but the point I'm trying to make. It was terrible. I just mean to say is like this isn't a weird like somebody could walk in who never like watch wrestling and they could say like not never watch wrestling, but they know a thing or two, right? But they never saw this. And they could be like, oh, they hot shot the title of mankind. Like that's like what could this could look like? So you know what I mean? Made them happy. It did make them it made happy. a lot of people happy. It put it smiles on faces. Happy. It put butts in seats. Why don't we just put it in the middle then? Because if it's better than one, it's better than both. I don't agree with that. I do. I, I really don't. Agree I actually with that. here's the problem: is that I don't I don't know where I want it. I don't know where I want it either. I don't because it's like there's a convincing argument weirdly that like Austin Michaels is better than it. Like there really, there really is. This is the this is why we have to just define the criteria. Okay, Austin Michaels matters more than Rock Mankind. It just does. So does Goldberg Hogan. It does. Like for the worse, though. But for the worse, it didn't do anything good. Can you admit that it didn't lead to anything good? Goldberg Hogan. It didn't do anything good for WCW except the one ratings win. There's tangible proof of that. It didn't do anything good. They fucked up the rain. The you can't argue that. You cannot argue that. But it got them what they got them their rating. That's you can say that much. What did they do? <laughs> I know, but that's what they were going for. No, so did Rock Mankind. One thousand hundred million people switched the channel. It got them a moment. A taped raw. I can't beat Nitro. Here's, here's because of that. Here's the thing that will put this all into perspective. Okay, I go think, ahead. Honestly, I think the reason. That I elevate the Goldberg Hogan in my mind more, and I think I said this when we re- when we rated it last time. Go ahead. Is that build was just one of the best things I've ever seen. What like, build? It, it's just Goldberg's streak, you mean? Yes, but how every single step of it was executed so well. Fine, but we just talked about how the Deadly Game was executed so well, and how The Rock's character and everything tied together in Mankind. Yes. So come on, but now. this was this was a random thing that happened after the fact. Like so. It, I just I, I don't see it being as big as it's a happier moment. This. It's a better moment. It's happy. Yeah, no, it's, it's very happy. Are you let can I ask you a question? What? Just step back for a second. I'm are stepping. You, are you letting like the emotion of the moment overtake like you're just like, well, it's better than everything. No. It, because by by that logic, then nothing beats it. No, I don't think it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I just think that it's a more genuine, happy moment. I think we get a lot of shit for putting it above gold. I'm not kidding. It's like, going to be I, very dicey, no matter what we do. 
that's why I think the safer thing <sighs> is to put it in the middle. No, I don't want to put it better than Austin Michaels either then. Fine. Because let's our, just put it at number three. Well, hang on. Because if our criteria is that Goldberg... Why is Goldberg Hogan even number one to because begin with? Because there's only two people. That's why. It's not going to be number one at the end. I know, better I, I know it's... In fact, I know that the, number, the next one <laughs> yeah. is going to be better. I think we're almost a foregone conclusion there. Yeah. So it's like... That, <sighs> I'm just saying I just don't... We're just talking magnitude. Are we talking magnitude? I also think we're talking how this list is going to go. Because we're going to... If we elevate this in the wrong spot, we're going to get two weeks down the fucking line... And then we're like, why the hell did we put this above Goldberg versus Hogan? No, I know why we did. Because it's a better title change. It's a happier, feel-good, unexpected moment. It's, oh my god, the Goldberg versus Hogan is like one of the biggest fucking things in the entire Monday Night War. It's insanely huge moment. Are you kidding me How right How is it? How? Why? It's, because the guy that was undefeated beat Hulk Hogan? The buzz around it, the build, everything. It was just, it was enormous. Did you not hear the crowd when Mankind won the title? You're, Did you're, you not hear the crowd when Steve Austin came back? You're bringing the politics into this. I'm not bringing a, any politics no, into no, it. Well, no, you're bringing in, in the whole, the narrative that WCW just sucks so much ass and that, like. I didn't say that. To me, this is. This is the one time when we can give them fucking credit for something. They that have was credit. They're really, at number one. Really good. Yes. And we're just going to, because WWF does this mankind heartfelt moment. It's now, better. It, now it's automatically Goldberg and Hogan. Are we kidding? As a moment? I, I, I As a moment? Wholeheartedly. No, yes, as a moment. Well, are you serious? The Goldberg was happy. It was big fight. Yeah. It was the conclusion to a story. It elevated a guy forever he's still fucking around it goldberg. elevated him yeah it, it it did it launched goldberg forever it just was good it was a good bookend to like what was going on at the time sure it didn't work out in the end but that a lot of that also has to do with goldberg maybe not being you know ready for it but i at the at the end of oh, the nothing day, to do with the booking sure you could say you can argue the same about the ultimate warrior versus hulk hogan yeah, like, but that's, that's not here that's not on the list what here, i'm so. saying is is if we want to if we want to get to talk in here about title changes yes you can apply all the things that you hate about the Goldberg Hogan to the Warrior and Hogan. Yet you would definitely say in your head, Hogan versus Warrior is a way better title change than Mankind versus Rock and Raw. Of course I would. So why can't you just give it this? Why can't you just say that? That's what I mean. It's just you put so much weight on the title reign like it's like when we're talking about a title change. Because I think the change is really fun and really good. And what did the Mankind title reign end up being? Just a placeholder to the Royal Rumble? Yes. So what is that? I, I don't get why it's better Because that's better because it didn't fuck up a long reign. The Goldberg one was a terrible title reign. But we're talking magnitude. Yeah. I will put Rock and Mankind. I can't put it above Austin Michaels because of what that means. That's all. Fine. So that's why Rock Mankind is three. Fine. It's my personal favorite on this list, though. My personal favorite is the next one. Well, not my personal favorite, but my very obviously better than all of this. Feel free to tell me or Quinn why either of us are wrong. But number four now comes into the mix, and it's going to be Sheik versus Hogan. That's got to be number one. There's not even like a question. It has to be. There's like it's it's like over the top better. Well, it checks all the boxes though. That's the thing. It's not just about what happened because we're going with what happened afterwards. And Goldberg Hogan is number one. No. So why is Sheik Hogan number one? Because it launched wrestling as we know it. <laughs> That's all you need to say. Yeah, but doesn't that mean it came? It's what came after the title change. Yeah, but even the even the the, the so you're the, you're being a little wavery with your criteria know, even here. The small buildup was good, like the uh-huh. whole 
the whole Hogan uh-huh. saving Backlund on 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 championship, which hell, nothing fucking happens on championship ever. We know that. Uh-huh. Like I'm just saying. They, Being they, a little loosey goosey no, with your they, rules there, Mikey. Did, come on, you even you have to admit they did it right. Like how they did it. Even though it was quick, they did they did handle it correctly. It, it was logical. I mean, the, and, the and, shitty guy that no one wanted to win won, and then Hogan right. beat him. And as yeah. we've watched 83, it does seem like a culmination of like how they're doing things, right? In a weird way. It's like a crescendo of like just progressively getting better. And it's like it kind does. of like an inflection point. It does. Like it's so in a weird way, it has a build that's like you know, subtle, but it it gets there. Let's put it that way. Like it, it to me, it felt like the culmination of every single fucking thing. Now that we watched almost all of it with eighty two and eighty three, like it really does feel like this is what we built to. Like this, here it is. That's it's like fine. The WWF in general has been getting better and better and better, and that bubble is about to burst and boom, like Hulkamania explodes. No, I know. It like, has to be number one because yeah. of the magnitude of it and yeah. its importance. And it's obviously a feel-good moment. And yeah, it's, and, uh, it's lit, and let's not take away from, like, you know the crowd goes fucking nuts at oh, this yeah. thing. Like, and, like, I can't wait till we review in, like, two weeks or whenever <laughs> yeah, it is now. Very close. Um, when, when Hogan first appears on Championship. Yeah. And, like, I remember from the clips, even, that that is, like, that's the loudest we ever fucking see Allentown. Probably. Yeah, like, they go absolutely fucking shit over that. So, I'm just saying. No, I know. It has yeah. to be number one. Yeah, it, it's got all the all the elements, yeah. right? Uh-huh. All right. I, I have, you sound like you have a problem with that one. I have a problem with number two still. It's my problem oh. right now. Don't, it won't Hogan, be number two. I don't think it will be number two. Better, no, I'm going to cut you. <laughs> all right. It's so good, no, though. No, Goldberg Hogan is not so good, though. I love it. It's fine. I'm going to kick your butt. It's a big deal. And that's about all it is. It was everything else that happened afterwards was bad. So? Everything that happened after Hogan Sheik was good, and it's number one, is my point. Your criteria needs some improvement. I don't like your criteria. I don't like your criteria. (laughs) It's good. It's shady. It's a little bogus, if you ask me. Your criteria is a little bogus. I don't think it's bogus. No, it's very bogus. I just like the moment a lot. So I like Rock Mankind's moment a lot. What's your point? I just think it's very whatever like i i told you this from the beginning with the rock mankind to me it didn't really ever stand out that much like i think it got overblown after the fact because of the like wwf vince mcmahon was always good and look tony <laughs> Schiavone said this stupid thing and look at this great emotional moment because wwf is the best and then jerry triple h they're a stupid uh and that's why we won the war uh, jerry briscoe we're gonna run them over with our cars we're, fuck them we're gonna beat them with iron pipes <laughs> yes. and like it's like and this moment was better than fucking hogan versus chic rock versus mankind it was the best fucking thing ever like it's totally been overblown there's nothing we can do about it now. The ranking's done. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, it's over with. But I'd be interested to see what our fans think. Okay? Yeah. You could tag Quinn in all your posts. And if you think I'm wrong, that's fine, too. I yeah. don't mind. If you think I'm wrong, doesn't bother me. I think everything's me. perfectly rated right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Of course you would now. Anyway. I seriously would put Rock Man kind of above Austin Michaels, but I don't I can't because, we're do- because magnitude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, for this fucking week, at number one, Hogan Sheik. Number two, Goldberg Hogan. Number three, Austin Michaels. And number four, the best one, Rock Mankind. That is a feel-good title change here. But folks, feel free to let us know what you think. Let us know how you would rank these. You can, of course, do that on Twitter at OVP Podcasts. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, it's an episode of Raw that we've wanted to do for a long time now. Stop! (laughs) 
Yeah, very stop. <laughs> That'll be coming up right after this. Here's how clueless I was to what was going on back then. I didn't realize that Raw had been taped. And when I was told to say what I said, I got to thinking, is there someone in the backstage area of Raw calling here and stooging off what's going on? I didn't know it was taped. So I didn't know what was going on. And uh, th- that, that line <clears throat> has not really annoyed me. What has kind of annoyed me is that uh, it's kind of like, Dipshits online will put it down as if to say, oh, that'll get him. And and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, it happened, what, now 21 years ago. Get the fuck over it. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here, episode 223, with the most bogus royal rankings of all time. Very good. I'm still, <laughs> still Joe Murata. That's still Michael Quinn, still a big Goldberg Hogan fan over Howdy. there. Howdy. All right, let's put all that aside, Quinn. Let's uh-huh. come back together here, because I know we're going to agree on this episode. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> this is uh, WWF Monday Night Raw. Yeah. You heard of that show before? Yeah, I heard of it. it the, the greatest thing since Bonanza, or whatever they say. It was... <laughs> Yes. And uh, I just want to mention, folks, that you can suggest specific episodes of things that you want us to review. We have a, a Facebook announcement about that. Just go over there, put in what episode you want us to do, and we're trying to tick through these as we go. And this one was suggested and added to the list by Andrew Rogers, big fan of the show, big fan of the star ratings. Match. And uh, he wanted us to do this episode, Quinn, is WWF Monday Night Raw, March 15th, 93. Well, what, is, what episode is this, this is Quinn? This is the infamous stop episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And boy, oh boy, 1993 Central lately around here, huh? Yeah, it is. Like, what's next? We, what are we going to review? Free Willy? Like, anything 1993 related? Yeah, really? Uh, obviously. That movie starts so weird, by the way. I always, I remember watching it, and like, I remember having to like, close my fucking blinds because I can't see because it's so dark yeah. and they're in that damn fucking aquarium at night. Close my blinds. Yeah. So yes, uh, as Quinn mentioned, this is the. It's true. Yeah, I know. This is the infamous stop episode. We'll get to what that means in a bit, but Raw doesn't need much introduction. It had been around for two months at this point. It started Mm -hmm. in January. It is now March of 93. And where we are in terms of storyline is we are building towards the luxurious WrestleMania 9. Sumptuous. Glorious Caesar's Palace. All the grapes you can eat. All the grapes Macho Man can eat. Yeah. So that's where we are right now. The WWF is not known for being on a hot streak during this period of time. Oh, no. And it's not known for being one of Quinn's favorite periods of time. Uh, Nope. I am much more tolerant of this era. I really am. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying I'm more tolerant of right. it. 
But let's get into this episode of Monday Night Raw, and we actually have a cold open to start. You know, because why not? Yeah, normally we go... I, mean, I think we need a cold open based on, like, the goings-on of the World Federation yeah. and, like, the weather. <laughs> yeah, it is a cold open, yeah. if you know what I'm saying there, Michael. We thought you'd like to know the common types of jokes that make people dislike you. We're live from Poughkeepsie, New York, not the Manhattan Center. We're at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, and... Gorilla Monsoon welcomes us? Yeah. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, they're the rare for Raw. <laughs> yeah. Hi, welcome to Raw! Yeah. Hi, this is Raw! <laughs> I'm still here! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday Night Raw! We get Bobby and his red all-American windbreaker, which is always a, desi- a sign of the decline, yeah. Quinn. And they're there along with... Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, no. Rob Bartlett, uh... who was their announcer, and he was a he was on Imus. That's where Vince got him. And he is dressed in a Vince McMahon-ish tuxedo and standing somewhat like Vince. Why? Why? Because he's funny, Quinn. We don't... <sighs> and, the, and the Chiron here <laughs> makes sure to mention that it's not Vince McMahon. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm Gorilla Monsoon, along with Bobby the Brain Heenan, and I'm not too sure, Brain. Who is this? That's Vince McMahon. You know, I gotta give them credit. They're doing, this is out of the box for them. It is. In all seriousness. But it's also very... Let me put it this way. What? It's very inside humor. This is Vince throwing people in the pool and thinking it's funny. I don't know how inside it is. I mean, people that had watched wrestling know what Vince is like and have seen him, so it's not too inside. Mm. But Bartlett, anyway, is going to be doing a Vince McMahon impression the whole night. I'm just going to forewarn everyone, okay? That's what we're dealing with. very annoying. But Gorilla and Bobby are the voices of the fans for this one, so it's good. It makes it funny. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Gorilla mentions the big blizzard in 93 as we see shots of a snowy Poughkeepsie. Beautiful town. We thought you'd like to know the common types of jokes that make people dislike you. I remember the Blizzard of 93 like a lot. Yeah, me too. Like I distinctly remember not having to go to school for two weeks or something. It was great. I remember. Like I was like, I was like, this is the best thing to ever happen. Uh, Blizzard warning has now been extended for our area through tonight. Uh, One to three feet of snow in the northern and northern and western sections uh, northwest New Jersey. Let me just turn the volume down here a little bit. Northwest New Jersey, Rockland, Westchester, Putnam, Dutchess, and Orange counties. 12 to 20 inches of snow. Central New Jersey, New York City. I'm Al, Al Roker live in the News World Weather Center. We'll have more a little bit later. I do remember this blizzard and the one in '96, obviously yeah, the more famous the one. But one I felt like was very maybe because I was smaller or something and the snow seemed higher. Yes. I just remember the, the 93 one being like really fucking like just closed everything. Down. I remember it. Yeah. yeah, definitely remember the blizzard in 93. Like two, what was it? Like four feet of snow or something? It, crazy it was a lot, shit. maybe three like, or four. It's insane. So Girl on the Brain run down some of tonight's action while Bartlett continues to stand there all stupidly. As we're just drenched in decline right now. Like <laughs> it is, look at it. It's everywhere. The windbreaker, a fucking comedian doing a bad impression. <laughs> <laughs> like gorilla just yelling the whole time. The, the arena being small. Mid Hudson Civic Center is small, but it, it's it, uh, it's tiny. It's old stopping yeah. grounds for them. Anyway, one of the Rosatis is in the ring as the Raw Girl. As Gorilla mentions that Vince McMahon and Randy Savage, the other usual announcers, are in the uh, city, New York City, at the Leukemia Awards Dinner, so mm-hmm. Vince can receive an award. Very nice. Yes, very nice. We now hear from fake Vince and Gorilla and Bobby give each other a look. <laughs> and Bartlett does an SNL opening <laughs> yeah. and it's a live from New York. Yeah. That's Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Live from the Mid Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. It's Monday Night Raw. Then we get the regular Raw intro, of course. You know, the Damien Demento one is Bartlett yells, oh, it's a capacity crowd. As I can see the wall. Just saying. <laughs> now, Razor Ramon's music fires up to a great reaction 
Especially when you consider that he's still a heel. Yeah, I was very confused. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think I initially wrote my notes. Oh, he's officially face now. Yeah, but no. Like, that's how, like, that's how, like overt the crowd is rooting for him. They're not even, like, pretending that he's a heel anymore. Well, you know what happened, Quinn? After Royal Rumble, in all seriousness, between this and like May, people liked him on Raw. They're like, oh, this guy's cool. It's just that Royal Rumble match when he was injured, doofy. Yeah. After that, he's like, fine. It's true. He it does is. Get, he just like slowly and surely get much better. Yeah, much cooler. You yeah. know what I mean? And not he as just goofy. stops being a doofus. <laughs> like, once he's out in the main event scene, he can like <laughs> just be what he's supposed be to be. Cool, yeah. yeah. Anyway, his opponent is in the ring. It's Russ Greenberg, and he's all like, yeah! Very jobbery, the, like, good-looking yeah. kind. You know what I mean? Like, oh, look at that kid. He's he's a young up-and-comer, a very good-looking right. Marcus Bagwell-looking guy. The one you'd let your daughter go on a date with, you know, yeah, exactly. after church on Sunday. His hair is good. His but, hair is good. He's a very nice smile. Yeah. Anyway, Gorilla calls Brain Bobby, which is very rare. You never hear him call him Bobby. Yeah, he's it like, is rare. It is rare. Tell Bobby, I don't know whether I mentioned it or not. Mullet Mike Kyoto is going to be our referee here as Bartlett references Razor's gold in the neck area. Razor Ramon has quite a bit of gold there on the neck area. It is a Vincism. Yeah, and that's good. I, I gave him credit for identifying that. The problem is, he says it 700 times yeah. the whole fucking night. <laughs> He's got like four fucking things, Joe. Yes. That, that he says that are Vince McMahon impressions. Yes. And he just keeps doing it. And yes. The whole show to be fair vince has four vinceisms of his own more or less so it's, it's not this thing should have stopped after the first match <laughs> you could have done all of these things yeah it's true oh we get a bell boo by razor some punches corner whip and bartlett says that there's quite a few blows to the facial area please can we not run the joke <laughs> i know right beal tossed by razor and now some gibberish by fake vince and i'm already tired of it enough oh my god, my god, my god. that it's that that that, that and that oh, that's man. literally what he's doing look at this look at this grab the uh, as Razor lands a beautiful fallaway slam, crowd's fine with this. Mm -hmm. Girl now mentions that Razor is really looking forward to WrestleMania 9. Well, at least someone is. Uh, abdominal stretch with the extra toe hook for fun. Bobby now mentions that Backlund is undefeated since coming back. <laughs> Bartlett is kind of funny here. Razor giving the challenger quite a few noogies to the head area. <laughs> Gorilla, quite a few what? Razor giving the uh, challenger there quite a few noogies to the head area. Quite a few what? Noogies. It's <laughs> Gorilla and Bobby that, like, try to salvage this it's funny because then gorilla's like i don't know if i can take this or not brain and i'm sure he meant that you yeah, know he meant that and i'm thinking that we're like two minutes in we're two minutes in and <laughs> it's like it's too much it's all right it's it's overwhelming it's humorous but it's not for long you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah. it's not it's not very good he should literally like i said it should have he should have just transformed into regular bartlett after this after the match was over well regular bartlett also does bad impressions right, too but so. at least it's like he doesn't do three impression, three, three like isms, Lines, yeah. and, and that's it. The it's whole time. true. Chokeslam thing by Razor. By the way, he's in his black tights. I didn't mention that. Gorilla says that Russ Greenberg is not Bob Backlund, and Bobby says, no, he's not. He's a lot younger. <laughs> <laughs> Blockbuster suplex by Razor. And crowd likes it. Yeah, they're like, into I, him. Razor, I can't believe how over he is here. It's like <laughs> insane. Yep. 
He sets up the razor's edge, nails it, goodbye, and that's the way this squash match should be. Again, it's just like when he hits the razor's edge, everyone's like, yeah! yeah! <laughs> like, it's like crazy They in there. love him. They really love Razor Ramon. And I like this moment. Kyoto tries to raise Razor's hand, and uh, Razor's like, no. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm heel or yeah, whatever. Yeah, get off of me. Anyway, we go to break, and we see some snow. And by the way, we have the weird alternate Poughkeepsie Raw graphics. That's a real that's thing. Odd. You know what I think the theory is behind that? The ones that they normally use are just at the Manhattan Center. The disc or whatever you put it on, you know what I mean? However you use the graphics. Mm-hmm. So they have these alternate, like, hand-drawn-looking ones for Poughkeepsie Raws. Very odd. It is odd. Uh, we're back to the ring now where Danny Davis is talking to the ring girl, of course. <laughs> he is. <laughs> always it's talking. Always, always having a chat. Yep. And the Natural Disasters music hits, and Typhoon happily charges out. Typhoon and only Typhoon. That's right. No, no Earth. He's gone. Wait, he is? Yeah, he leaves right after the rumble. Oh, really? It's just Typhoon now, yeah. It's Aww. very sad. I know. But hey, Typhoon's happy. Uh, Bobby's funny here. He thinks the ring girl's lost 170 pounds since the first match with Gorilla. <laughs> That's not the same girl. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> that ring girl carrying the card. She's lost 170 pounds since the first match. She did. Not. That's not the same girl. What's wrong with you? Typhoon's opponent in the ring is L.A. Gore. Ugh. He looks like Diamond Dallas aged. Yeah. <laughs> Los Angeles Gore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bartlett sneaks in a notwithstanding and uses it the wrong way, the same Vin- same way Vince does. Yeah. As Gorilla suggests, the guys in the white coats are coming for Bartlett. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Now, Bartlett even imitates Vince's no-selling of Bobby Heenan pretty well. I liked... I liked... Some I'm, of it was good. I'm going to say it now, yeah. Like... He picked up on the Vincisms pretty quick for working with him a couple months. You know, like, Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan, you know, like, always that, saying it like that. That being said, it's it's too much. He's doing a lot. It's too much. He's saying too much, yes. Yeah. But he did nail the nuances of Vince. Yes, and that's fine and all, but you can you can do that more subtly and actually be funnier. Right. Yeah, like, he, he goes a little over the top. It's so dumb. We get a shove-off by Typhoon to start here. Davis talks to him about it. Lock up again. Side hook by Gore. Shove off by Typhoon and a soft clothesline. Crummy punches by Gore now, who invented the internet. Shoulder blocks and a corner whip. <laughs> Clothesline's in the corner and then a beel toss. Gorilla threatens Quinn to take both Bobby and Bartlett out of there. The rare. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll have you both taken out of here. Just lumping them together. Like, when does that ever happen? Where Gorilla has to threaten to take everyone out. <laughs> and then Bobby, I don't want to go with him. It's funny. Well, I guess it's Judy's turn to cry. Are you going to keep that up? What? I'll say whatever I want. I'll have you both taken out of here. I don't want to go with him. Irish whip by Typhoon, back elbow, nice and light. Meanwhile, Bobby says that he saw, you know, fake Vince out there, and he's never seen so much yellow snow in his life. <laughs> and that was good. Yeah. I That was so random. I know. Out of nowhere. Starts making yellow snow jokes. Why not? Yeah, by the way, folks, this really was a blizzard. And from what I understand, there was talent that couldn't get here. I think they Brett, said it at yeah. the beginning. They're like, everyone who could made it yep. or whatever. Bret Hart was supposed to fight like Luger or something. Like, I, hey, this is like a makeshift episode. Yeah, there, this is like this is the closest we got to the actual Snowden Raw a couple of years, like well, many years later. Many years later. Yeah, I still can't believe that that was a real Raw where they had to do it from like the the studio the stu- or whatever it they was. Stu- and they just like were talking about stuff <laughs> or like and doing like interviews or something on Hi. Facebook. Yeah. Like it was like what was Renee, was Renee Young there? Yeah, Hi, and what, snowing. What made it extra worse is because it's like. When they have to do three hours, they had to do three God. hours from like Brutal. Stanford, like, and they have no matches. It was like amazing. That's like when you're a kid and you're on a road trip that lasts forever. I'm with pretty your sure. Parents. I'm pretty sure at one point they just like 
showed a really long WrestleMania match from like two years ago. I don't blame them. Yeah, because I would they were just try to kill time. <laughs> uh, back to the match here. Danny Davis looks for someone to talk to as Typhoon nails a snap suplex. Bartlett sneaks in a, nonetheless... Can he stop? I don't think he can. No. That's the problem. <laughs> snap power slam by Typhoon nicely. Now, why is he wrestling like Dynamite Kid? What I, is Typhoon I here? I, I don't know. He's like very snappy very on his weird. offense. Very yeah. weird. <laughs> we get some fatty now in the corner as Bartlett calls the action. Typhoon picking up Alec Arm out of the hair. Throwing him back towards the turnbuckle area. Oh! He's almost incoherent. McMahon or Typhoon? Both of them. They're having so much fun, Girl and Bobby. Kind of. With like, each other. With each other, but they're also like, there's part of me I can tell they, they're really annoyed with Bartlett. What the fuck is this? Like, you know? This is really bad. Could you please stop? <laughs> yeah. Uh, big happy splash by Typhoon gets the win. And we go to break. With the weird graphic looking like a fucking Nickelodeon. Like, damn it, 1993. Why are you so weird? I told you there's weird. Gra- Wasn't there like a steak or something? Yeah, it was a steak. But it was like it looked kind of gross and old. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. That like Nickelodeon like, ew, gack. Yeah, and, gack. Like, and like like close up of a fly's face or something. Like, you know what? Red know, and Stimpy. Yeah, you know how Nickelodeon does it. Yeah, Nickelodeon humor. Yeah. Early 90s Nickelodeon yeah. humor. If we close up on everything, it looks like shit. Yeah, goo. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Anyway, we come back with Bobby in the ring on the mic yelling at the director. Are we on? Are we on, stupid? Now, Bobby's <laughs> really over the top with this, like, that the production's going wrong thing, which I didn't, uh, it's just uncalled for out of nowhere. Am I on? I don't understand what you're telling me. Well, let me, give me a cue. Do I introduce him now? What am I, wait. It's just a Bobby Heenan humor. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but this is like extra weird with it. Like usually Bobby would only do that at the beginning or something. He's like doing, doing it at the beginning, middle, and end. He's, and, he's complaining about the production. And then as he does that, we fade to promotional considerations, <laughs> which are paid for by <laughs> Bret Hart for Icapro. Got, gotta hype the steroids. You know, this stuff tasted like shit. No one yeah. wanted it. You know, I can walk through this, the gym at the, at the Titan Towers. Yeah, yeah. We used to have crates of it shipped to us. It fucking tasted horrible. I used to give it to my dog. He shit all over the place. <laughs> a short version of the 1992 Hasbro commercials. For figures of people that still aren't here <laughs> anymore. Bulldog? Yeah, like it's a lot of them. It's March. It's like three months after the Rumble. Yeah, and like, they were and, still going at the Rumble. And they're, uh, it's the same ads. They must have contractual obligations to sell. The bite of the Bulldog, the hammer, like all this. <laughs> this is that, that, these are those. The hammer! <laughs> He's not, he hasn't been here for years. Steamboat. Yeah, Steamboat. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Anyway, we go we go back to Bobby in the ring, all pissy. All mad. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are we, are we on fucking stupid? You know, yeah. whatever he's saying. Am I on? Am I on now? Thank you. Finally. He introduces a gentleman, in his words, who calls the Undertaker to wonder what the hell he's gotten into. Yeah, he's got that right. Mm-hmm. And he's accompanied by Harvey Whippleman. It's the Giant Gonzalez. And then we get to hear Giant Gonzalez like new age theme or whatever as he wanders out in the fur. Music sounds like a cave and, and why does his outfit suck? Like why? <laughs> I hate it. Well, you and I were talking about this at the Rumble. What alternatives did they really have? Because he is not a very impressive looking physique wise. I got it. Just what? give him the entree. The same tights. Like just the... the I guess that's the about same, it, right? That, fine. He's a giant. They did that for Paul White it when works. he was the giant? Yeah, it's just fine. It's fine. You're right. You're right. Anyway, Harvey brags about how he told everyone that he had a big surprise for the Wild Wrestling Federation. And by the way, Gonzalez is just standing there stupidly behind him. Look at all this decline, Joe. It's disgusting in the ring. <laughs> I'm Look sorry, at it. Quinn. It's so poor. It's fine. Uh, it's not fine. It's no, actually not fine. It, it's really bad. <laughs> uh, Harvey's problem, though, 
is that he hasn't been able to have Giant Gonzalez wrestle anyone because his opponents either don't show up or they run away. You know why? Because yeah. he stinks. They don't want to do this. They don't want to work yeah. with him. Yeah. Harvey blathers on now about how the Undertaker got beat up. He didn't have his urn. It wasn't fair. Why? Why is this not said? That's true. Like, I mean, it was proven. The minute Paul came back with the urn, Undertaker's like, like, "Oh, I'm fine." Yeah, he just like, <laughs> just is like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill him, rest in ass, or whatever." He says. Like, you know, by the way, we were talking about the Undertaker earlier. Yeah. How is he still so powered at WrestleMania without the urn? Well, okay. So this changed later when the urn started leaking. Remember? <laughs> and then the powers went in the air. And then, like, kind of post that. Like, he's, it's like the powers, he can just grab them from the air. Oh, because they're, like, in his bloodstream? Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. just, it's, just it's, it's compatible. Does he have them in, like, a spray can and he just yeah. huffs them, huffs yeah, the urn maybe. gas? I don't know. It's more ingested by just breathing after that. Yeah, that's fine. Now, Harvey does call Paul Bear big, fat, goofy sidekick, which I found funny. Harvey is great because he's just so weird. He is weird, right? He's just very weird. And his big, fat, goofy sidekick, Paul Bear. Now, you wouldn't call him a good manager, right? No. He's just very, like, <laughs> weird hillbilly. Yeah. Like, that, I, I don't know how else to describe you know him. how he talks? <laughs> he talks like a male version of Sherry Martell when she's not in character. Yeah. He does. <laughs> or like Brett Butler from yeah. Grace Under Fire, not yeah. the baseball player. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Sherry Martell is Brett Butler. Yeah. In they, real life. Sherry could have been on like Sherry Under Fire <laughs> instead of Grace Under Fire. Quentin, you shut up. You stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Get away from me. And then like the dating scenes with that like weird guy from the factory. <laughs> Imagine Sherry in those. That would have been great. Like, she should have had I, her own sitcom. Like, I want to I wanna go out, but I got these kids. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> Are you going to be a good daddy? If they still <laughs> if they still had Tuesday Night Titans in the 90s, yeah. they could have done like a Sherry Martell Sherry under fire. skit. Yeah. You know what I mean? With like how they did Fuji and Morocco. It I think would it have been worked. Good. Man, Sherry in a sitcom sounds like my dream. It really does, doesn't it? It, it sounds incredible. I, I would watch her. every season of it. She's not even on the show and we're still yeah. fawning over because she's, she's, so, she's so good. She's very good. Now, Bobby, by the way, just wants to see... Har- he thinks Harvey Whippleman can kick Paul Bearer's ass. Just no. It's, 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 don't even... <laughs> Paul has the power of the fat. Like, yeah. He'd ki- he'd- he has so much weight on him. Yeah. Like, Paul doesn't even need to, like, move. He's just like, get, get away from me, fucker! <laughs> yeah. like, and he's just, like, fat into him. <laughs> it's true. So, Gonzalez now talks. And he tells, I'm the tanker! I have a giant surprise for you! And that's it. That's, that's it. All he's, uh, what is it? By what is he, Mr. Fuji? Like, by yeah, by the way... What would that surprise even be? I thought he was the surprise. What, what is he going to give him? Like, what? Nogis? I don't know. I thought the fact that Gonzalez exists and is eight foot tall is the surprise. The surprise has been revealed. Maybe there's, That's some, it. Maybe there's something under the suit that we don't know. <laughs> like, maybe he's, he's a goblin or something. He's like got green skin. I got a new tattoo. I'm going to take it What if that's why he wears the fake human skin? Because, like, his body's, like, weird or something. Maybe it's like he's. You know that would have been a better storyline. He's trying to like blend in. Trying to blend. Trying to assimilate. It's just like, look, I'm, I'm just, I'm a regular human. Yeah. (laughs) Look at this is how you dress, right? Don't they? Don't they? Don't humans don't wear clothes, right? Yeah. He just goes a path mark. You know, he's like actually an alien or something. (laughs) That's like why he's so tall. Better theory. That would have been a great storyline. Would have been a lot better, Quinn. It would have fit right in with '93 anyway. You don't want to see what's under the suit. He's an alien. Anyway, as Gorilla yells stuff, Bobby's yelling at the director again. <laughs> yeah. Why? I like, I don't, like, this is so weird for Bobby. Everyone's just fucking around yeah. at this one. It's, at this point. They're, they're just like, we got to get through this, yeah. this blizzard shit. Yeah. Uh, we unfortunately get a Hulk Hogan promo now, oh. which is 
fucking annoying. It's so pompous, Joe. I know. The guy, he filled more arenas than Ali, Foreman, and Sugar Ray combined. Are they fucking serious? <laughs> but April 4th, he's coming back to fill the parking lot at WrestleMania 9. This damn asshole. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you care. Also, Bret Hart versus Yokozuna. But really, order it for Hulk, you idiot. It's got fucking Hulk. It's WrestleMania, live from a parking lot. Hogan, Hogan, Hogan. They keep saying that. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's bad. And I'm not making any of this no, up. It's like, really- it, you know, all that other shit sucks balls because <laughs> Hulk Hogan. It's, I mean, to their credit, he was still the biggest star in wrestling. Yeah. Like, they, they just keep him. saying Hogan, Hogan, Hogan. It's, it, ugh, I hate it. Back to Poughkeepsie now where Papa Shango makes his entrance. Why does he have to be here? I don't know. <laughs> Can you believe? It's fucking March. Like, are we done with this? Can you believe that he's there until October? What? <laughs> yes. Is he like in the King of the Ring or something? I think he's in a qualifier. He's not on the show, oh but God. he's there forever, man. Ugh. Anyway, Mike Kyoto's going to be the referee again, and Shango's opponent from Princeton, Minnesota. You know what that means, and he's got the worst coat <laughs> I've ever seen. It's yep. Bobby Backlund. <laughs> 17 people clap. Gorilla. Standing ovation! Yep. A standing ovation here in Poughkeepsie! So again, we're continuing with this gorilla's like, remember him? Yeah. Remember when he wrestled? Yep. Like, it's so funny. Bobby makes Opie jokes, of course. Backlund wants a handshake, and Bobby's like, Papa Shango would love to shake your hand and turn you into mallard. What? <laughs> funny. Heine dance to start here. Backlund avoids a charge. Single leg sweeps. More Heine. What, what is the Heine dance, by the way? Why does like he do it? He's mocking them. Is I that really what it is? I think he's no. like, you can't catch me. It's like that. Or is it like he's just being warmed up? He's loose, you know he's what like I mean? like that guy on the Sega, Gen- Sega CD or whatever. You can't catch me. You can't <laughs> oh catch me. <laughs> oh, like, God. Whatever that, like, Sa- Billy Beamish or whatever. Sadly, I know exactly yeah, what you're talking that, about because of the AVGN. Yeah, it's it's like that. Anyway, back Classic. <laughs> Go watch that if you haven't in a while. Sega yeah. CD, a- AVGN. It is good. Yeah. Isn't it like 15 years old at this point or something? It's, it's a, so old. It, it's so old, but it's like, to me, an, it's like an internet classic as the nerd would say it's classic yeah it, it, it's it's some of his finest work you're right bob bartlett <laughs> i like this one bob Backlund give the appearance of a younger youthful mickey rooney bob Backlund giving the appearance of a younger youthful mickey rooney what <laughs> and i actually laughed at that because uh, that's something is that's true that's a joke see yeah. it's not just him doing events it's actually yeah. words that are funny yeah it's words <laughs> that are funny that's an actual joke that also is sort of accurate yeah, that's pretty good yeah. uh gorilla i'm gonna knock him out bobby go ahead i'll hold him i'll go through his pockets <laughs> like, like that was amazing they're like conspiring yeah they're conspiring to like get rid of him i love it i love it's any, amazing any instance of gorilla and bobby teaming up is great yeah Anyway, Shango wants a Greco-Roman. Backlund's like, okay. Shango quickly gets the advantage. The announcers hype up Brett Yoko during this very exciting hold, and then they talk about how fat Yokozuna is, and he mm-hmm. might get fatter. Backlund now with a wrist lock as Bartlett just descends into pure gibberish. This is where it gets out of hand. It's like, blah, 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 and I'm like, shut the fuck up at this point. It's like, seriously, he is so annoying. He is. Uh, now, Bobby, didn't you make an appointment for him Thursday morning? <laughs> Absolutely. With who? Dr. Kevorkian. They're actively like teaming up against Rob now. And this and this is where it gets funny. Just yeah. More because Gorilla and Bobby are just like, he's so annoying. They're threatening to kill him. Yes. Like literally. Or like commit him. Yeah, exactly. One or the other. Didn't you make an appointment for him Thursday morning? Absolutely. Beautiful single leg trip by Backlund. With who? Dr. Kevorkian. More wrist lockery shove off by Shango. Nice side backbreaker. More gibberish from 
gibberish from Bartlett. <laughs> Ropes or whatever. I, it's just like so annoying. And then Bobby, you have one of those stun guns on you? Gorilla. Boy, I wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Shango with a foot choke now over the rope and back on with a hilarious sell. Bobby now suddenly brags about how he's friends with Joe Pepitone. <laughs> what the fuck yeah, is I, I, Yankees. I have no idea. For those of you that don't know, Yankees outfielder from the 60s and 70s when they weren't good, like after Mickey Mantle, that well, era. That's who Bobby would know. I the, know. The bad Yankees. And then, of course, Quinn, we get the classic line. Oh, yeah. Here it is. The whole episode. Unaware, Bobby Stockholm pulling him from the line. Always pulling him the ring. He's going to flip it over. Stop! And there you have it. That's why everyone <laughs> knows this episode. That I don't think the gorilla was uh, kayfabe when he said stop. No, this is this is the point where the line has been crossed. <laughs> right. That might sound short to you, but when you were when I'm watching it, like in order, that he goes on if what feels like a whole minute. Yeah. Like. Uh, Yeah, it's, like, just like, it's like it just never ends. It's not a will you stop. Yeah, it's not a would you stop. It's not a would you be serious. It's not a have I'll take I'll have you taken out of here. It's fucking stop. Yeah, it's just like enough. Anyway, Gorilla now talks about using a left hook on Bartlett. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Fancy chin lock now by Shango, but Backlund gets the hell out of there. Shango with a backbreaker, elbow drop as Bartlett. <laughs> Bartlett reads ad copy for some USA show like in the Vince impression. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking terrible, and it's not. It's hard not to laugh yeah, because we've we've hit a point where now it's just so bad that it's funny. Yeah, it, yeah. now we've actually hit that point. Stay tuned for Nick Mancuso as Matrix. He was a hitman who got hit. Back to the chin lock now. And literally nothing happened here. Nothing matters anymore, Joe. It's like the point of the show where you have to ask what the fuck went wrong with WWF. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> look at, look at the, what's in the ring right now. Look what's on commentary. There like, was a blizzard. We were supposed to have better stuff. But still. I know. I know. Like, it's not excusing a bad impression and headlocks. I don't know what the impression's all about. I really don't know why. I guess it was his idea and Vince was okay with it, or maybe Vince wasn't okay but with nobody's it. Nobody's like limiting it. Like it's just he's doing this the whole show. Does it the whole show, yes. It's worn out its welcome by this point. We're <laughs> like halfway through. Well even Gorilla and Bobby now mention how this whole fake Vince thing is so bad that they have to agree. Like they break the fourth wall. They're like, we're in trouble. We're oh, agreeing yeah, with definitely. each other. It's, it's very, so bad. It's very funny. Uh, so Shango fucks around in the chin lock forever. Is this over yet? <laughs> Backlund's finally up off the rope. Shango catches him with a knee out of nowhere. Backlund lands a small package for the win. Actual pop for that. Cool. <laughs> Backlund happily leaves. And the girl decides to call Shango the voodoo king. That was funny. <laughs> I, I just randomly. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's a name I just invented for him. <laughs> Um, and now we throw to Mean Gene, and as we're doing that, Bobby's like, let's make a snowman. <laughs> what? I don't know. Right now, let's take you to Mean Gene with our WrestleMania report. Let's make a snowman. Anyway, we get the WrestleMania 9 Caesars Palace graphics and WCW Gene here. Mm-hmm. Welcomes us and mentions that this report is brought to us by Ica Pro. <laughs> Says the guitar. <laughs> yep. <Like. laughs> Gene says Ica Pro is more than simple pills and powders. As we see a shot of all the pills and powders. Yep. Look at that. Horrible. <laughs> Literally all Icapro is. What are they talking it's all about? It's like grungy looking <laughs> the picture too. Dirty. Yeah. Gene says that WrestleMania will be from Caesars Palace. And then he tries to hype up as a selling point that everyone's going to be in a toga. Hold on to your hats. World's largest toga party. Fucking stop. <laughs> like just enough. This is not something to brag about <laughs> at all. So Gene mentions that uh, the announce team, I want you to note this announce team, by the way, this was the original mm-hmm. one, of Gorilla Monsoon, 
Gorilla mm-hmm. was originally planned well, to play WrestleMania. Would have saved it. Well, JR's good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got the Hogan, Hogan yeah, one. It's not very good. Bobby Heenan and the Randy Savage. Guess what, Quinn? They're all going to be wearing togas. Macho Man will be having a togi and not wrestle. Order now! <laughs> a horrible. Yeah, they're blatantly like, he's not. He, he's an announcer. Yeah. It's funny. Now, why would you order it if they told you Macho Man wasn't going to wrestle? Well, they didn't They didn't give away the grapes, at least. They didn't yeah. spoil that. Anyway, Gene then hypes up the double main event. Bret mm-hmm. Hart versus Yokozuna. Right. For the title. For the title. And then we now see, we cut to superstars recently. Where Ray Rougeau, hi, was recently interviewing Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji after some jobber match on Superstars. By the way, Fuji's now bold. If, if yes, if you're, if you're wondering, <laughs> if, you're, if you're following along on the Fuji hair tracker, yeah. on the on the paper you can now he's bald. Yoko decided to beat the crap out of the jobber while Fuji yelled, and Ray's like all sad about it. What is going on, Yokozuna? <laughs> Why real. do you have to do that? Well, don't do that now. <laughs> That's not nice. We now segue to the hideous Mega Maniacs versus Money Incorporated match. Man, this looks shitty, huh? Even the graphic is shitty. Yeah, everything is shitty. Like, Money Inc. somehow, and this is hard to do, look like bigger assholes on their graphic than Hogan and Beefcake. I don't know how. They look like... uh, They look like... Yeah, they're like cheaper version of their attire, (laughs) too. It's like literally like like um Halloween Express edition yeah. of Ted DiBiase over here. <laughs> what, what's like like, like Spirit of Halloween attire? Spirit of Halloween. That's the one I'm thinking of. God, yeah, his suit stinks in 93. It's so bad. It, it is. It's actually bad. So we cut to a promo from DiBiase and IRS, the best tag team of all time, of course. Teddy says, uh, <laughs> calls Hogan and Beefcake the mega idiots mm-hmm. before uh, making some Snake Eyes reference, you know, gambling Vegas, haha. Yep. IRS calls them the mega morons and mentions how I can't believe this is real. They're going to have a better briefcase made for WrestleMania. Yeah, okay. That's why we're going to order it. Yeah, togas and briefcases, right? Who's going to have the better briefcase? That's the big question going into WrestleMania 9. And who doesn't want to see Ray Rougeau in a toga? You know, clearly. Did he have to wear a toga? Is there some behind-the-scenes shit? He is in one. Oh, he is. Right? I don't ever see him. remember seeing him on the air on that He does the Coliseum exclusives. Gene says that this... uh, Beefcake and Hogan versus Money Inc. match is worth the price of admission alone. I didn't care about that WWF title match, huh? Like, <laughs> you know what? You don't. You're not really ordering it for the world title match. You're no. ordering it for Hulk Hogan and togas. Yeah, don't and, forget and Brutus's mask and the briefcase. Yeah, Brutus briefcase. Anyway, they're talking. The match Gene says they're talking about from coast to coast is the Undertaker versus Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah coast to coast on a very small island, yeah. perhaps. <laughs> Gene mentions uh, that both men do have managers as we get a generic promo from Paul Bearer and the Undertaker from like Chocolate Island and Super Mario World. <laughs> Something about nightmares. Giant Gonzalez, I stand in your nightmares. Let it be known, your nightmare will become a reality. Rest in ass. <laughs> All real. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. Also, Lex Luger versus Mr. Perfect. <laughs> we just zoomed by that because nobody cares about Mr. Perfect. I'm serious. They like really, it's like, oh, and by the way, Lex Luger versus Mr. Perfect. It's like, and order now. Like, it's like they don't even talk anything about it. Plus, Gene says, a virtual plethora of other great matches. Well, what? What is this on Zoom? Yeah, what a virtual, pre- was that a game on 32X? Yeah. Uh-huh. We thought you'd like to know the common types of jokes that make people dislike you. Anyway, Gene talks about the Raw announcers and we get... <laughs> 
we cut to Bobby taking a big drink out of a fuck Jerry cup. Yeah, and that was amazing. It was. Literally no reason for that. They're just- it's like, the you know what they do during this time period in the early brawls? They do this thing where they try to make Gene's pre-tapes seem like they're live yep, because exactly. they're not. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they're trying to keep the illusion of live. Like, yeah. everything's live. Even Gene in the control center right. is live. Cutting back to Bobby and Gorilla is yeah. live, you know? Yeah. But I actually thought it was funny because it's just like completely a throwaway joke. Mm. Just Bobby taking a big sip out of a fuck jerry cup. Yeah, it's real. It's good. And then Bartlett, too. Yeah, and Bartlett just like, Ugh. Yeah. So Gorilla sends us to break, and as we're fading away, Bobby, let's do something! <laughs> <laughs> I love this episode. I don't care, man. It's weird. Now we get that doofus debut promo that they're still running for WWF Mania. We've seen it before. It's the, this is Todd ad, yeah. where he acts like Todd and is basically unbearable. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. WWF Mania, it's a uh, front TV. It's kooky. It's like, you gotta watch it. Dookie, dookie, dookie. Remember to brush your teeth or whatever. What is he says. I don't, it's so, please stop. And he has the bad pants. Yeah, you know what I mean. All of it is bad. It's wild. It's crazy. It's excessive excitement caused by acute hyperactivity. Let's go back to Raw, though, where the Nasty Boys music hits to a great pop. They're so good. I yeah, love they're it. So nice. and, yeah, they're so nice. They're so nice, Joe. <laughs> well, I mean, for example, Nobsy goes in and gives the Rosati Raw girl a big kiss. Yeah, it's great. And then Sags joins in, too. Yep. It's so happy. This and is then- like the good Nasty Boys, the ones that they could really use right now, like with their decline, like the guys that could like. They just light up the crowd. They, yeah. Too bad they'll be gone in a month. Yeah. Very sad. What a waste. I know. It's like they, these, these guys are perfect for right now. I know. They're for like fun. interacting with the crowd. They really did get over his faces like big time. You know, if they stuck around, Joe, they would have never needed the bushwhackers to like hang around with a kangaroo in 1995 <laughs> and shit. They would not need any of that. These guys would be their, like, ambassador characters. It would have worked. Yeah. It would have worked. Yeah. A gorilla, after they kiss the Rosati, she's like, boy, have they got guts. Aw. <laughs> uh, the Head Shrinkers music hits now, and they come out, like, extra Head Shrinkery tonight. Wait, lots of wicker for yeah. some reason. I don't know what's going <laughs> They're on. They're very, like, bah! Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Fatu yells at the camera a lot. Danny Davis will be the referee. Sags <laughs> shows off his armpit to the crowd as we get a bell. Mm-hmm. They're, they're threatening that they're, pity city. <laughs> the head shrinkers then pose to big booze, so the nasties pose to cheers. This matchup is really fun. Two fucking fat teams fighting. Uh, my kind of shit I right love here. It. This is exactly what I look for in a match. That's right. Uh, Alpha, by the way, is not here. Maybe the blizzard. I'm not sure. but Sa- I can just imagine Alpha in his car. Right now. Like, like real life like, I'm, I'm too old for this shit. I can't like, do like, it, Vince. Not, sorry. No, no, like fake, like I'm I don't know how to talk. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like he's got like a New York accent or this is fucking shit, man. <laughs> That's like, not how Alpha talks. I don't know. How do you not know? From New York. I, I could see Alpha in his years spent in New Jersey in nineteen eighty three. Like <laughs> you know that's where he probably lives and like, with a New York accent is funny <laughs> yeah, like he has like a Jer- upper northern Jersey New York accent yeah from, he's from Hillside alright yeah, with yeah, Phil something Rizzuto. like that like he, he commutes from Secaucus to, <laughs> to, it's real anyway Samu the captain starts against Nobbs the captain corner whip by Samu charging clothesline nicely done another one but Nobbs charges out with his own clothesline girl mentions how the nasty boys stepped aside to let the mega maniacs get the shot against money why Inc. would they do that Hi, Hulk! They don't even like them, though, in kayfabe yet. No, I know. I know. Why would they... I don't know. It's annoying. Uh, anyway, Sags, the technician, is in now. Double backdrop by the Nasties. Fatu's back in. Duck under by Sags. Double clothesline. Cover gets two. Knobs back in. Off the rope. Single arm DDT. And again, Quinn, the Nasties are over in Poughkeepsie, man. People love them there. Yeah, they are excellent. <laughs> like People are like, yeah, oh, we like yeah, Nasties. Yeah. They're like doing the armpit motion along with it's them. It's good. <laughs> Tag back to Sags, Hammerlock, Big Nasties chant. 
Now we get some gibberish by Bartlett. And it's, it, it's way past time for that. He's even mimicking like Vince's difference between the high I hate him. <laughs> okay. Nobbs is back in now and he continues to work the arm. Sags tags in. Bites the arm now for fun. Fatu with a push off. Big swing. Duck under by Sags and then he eats a super kick from Fatu as we go to break. We come back. The head shrinkers are kicking Sags ass in the ring. Fatu is still the legal man. <laughs> this one from Bartlett. I'm sorry. It made me laugh. During the break, and it's one of the nasty boys that grabbed a small child from the crowd and gorilla. He did not. Will you stop? Bobby, pass the pipe, would you please? Yeah. Like, it was amazing. Yeah. All the, every line, like one yeah. after. Another. Yeah. Bobby and gorilla were like on. Yeah. They're to, to like stop this, like <laughs> to, to mitigate some of the disaster here. Like, I love it. During the break, you lost one of the nasty boys, grabbed a small child from the crowd and beat one of the head. He did the not. Head Will you stop? I'm going to have this guy taken out of here. It's Whoa. Pass me that lead pipe, would you please? Big slam by Samu. He heads up top. The announcer's bitch about having to wear togas at WrestleMania. I don't blame him. Falling head button misses. And the crowd is hot for this. They love this match, yeah. man. So do I. It's this good. Is, this is a good match. It's fine. Tag to Fatu, but Nobbs is also win. Big right hands. Irish whip. Big backdrop. Clothesline city. He's a house of tub right now. <laughs> Double noggin knocker, but the shrinkers are fine, of course. And they headbutt Nobbs. Double whip. Double heads down. And a double DDT by Nobbs. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Nobbs is great here. Yep. Fatu wanders out to the floor, so Nobbs follows out. Sags, meanwhile, throws Samu out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Nobbs and, Sa- and Fatu then wander all the way over to a concession area. And the fake signs, just hot dogs and popcorn, like yeah. just with magic marker. <laughs> Literally. It's like at the entranceway where nobody can get to it. Exactly. It's not real at all. Of course. And Gorilla with an all-time line, they're into the groceries! <laughs> <laughs> of course he said that. They're into the groceries! Now, this is actually WWF's tribute to the Tupelo concession stand. This is their own version. Yes, which we incidentally reviewed last week. It was by accident. Yeah, this is not intentional, but it's kind of funny. So we get a bell, double count out, obviously. Food is just flying everywhere. Mustard gets squirted. As Sags repeatedly bangs Samu in the head with a pot to no avail. This is really like, like you said, the Tupelo thing. This is is like a parody of it. It's not, it's not meant to be as serious as the the Tupelo thing. It's like, like, whoa, this is like gotten out of control. Yeah. This one's more just like, look how, this is just really silly. Just a goofy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Sags says, fuck it and shoots Samu right in the eye with some mustard. Mm -hmm. He then wraps a chair over his head as Gorilla now hilarious segues into the WWF's charity work while we're seeing like a condiment fight. Hell? <laughs> this but, was weird, yeah. Joe. By the way, we do a lot of charity. Here you go. So we throw it a video package narrated by Sean Mooney. Does he work here anymore? He is still here, believe it or not, until April. I thought he doesn't, like his contract's expired or something. He's here, but only on like a few things. He's not on pay-per-view. Right. He's not really on TV, but no, he's still there. Odd. Very odd. So we get some very nice clips of the WWF wrestlers being nice, yep. including the Nasty Boys. Even Bobby Heenan out of character. It was so nice. I couldn't believe how nice this Seriously. was. Seriously. Yeah. Tito Santana with his old man glasses. Yeah. Uh, Hogan from like 91. Hillbilly Jim being good. Savage being good. And then, <laughs> this is funny. There's a clip of Tatanka giving a lecture to kids about, make sure you work out six times a week. No, don't. <laughs> There's like 13. Yeah. What, what are you doing? Do? They're not doing that. Eat right. Make sure you eat right. Yeah. The Nasties then tell the kids, like, we're nasty as we want to be, but if you smoke, you're really uncool and a jerk. <laughs> They're just the best. Brand ambassadors, damn it. But if you smoke, you're really uncool and a jerk. 
Randy Savage says, the drugs are a one-way ticket to nowhere. Mm-hmm. Bobby Heenan's hanging out with Tom Seaver. Uh, Fred Blassie holding a child. <laughs> big face turn by Fred Blassie <laughs> I love here. It. This is nice. I'm not even being sarcastic. It's this good. is all really yeah. nice. Of course, though, we end on a <laughs> shot of... This is where they ruin it. Vince McMahon. This bizarre freeze frame, and he has, like, disgusting teeth. <laughs> They're all yellow. Like, I don't know why. they. This is, like, the worst. Like, could they have not gotten a better... Thing. I was, guess not. Does he? Did he not get his whitening that month? Probably like, not. His teeth look very yellow in this it's picture. It's really gross. Very strange. I was like, does this man smoke cigarettes or something that I'm not aware of? Oh, he hates cigarettes. His no, no. His teeth look like they smoke. Yeah, that's true. Hey. Uh, now, the graphic reads. Yeah, this was odd. Vince McMahon, chairman and CEO of Titan Sports. Is this allowed? Also, what did I just even witness? Aren't we not supposed to brag about charity? Like, it's honestly nice, but it's weird placement. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I just think like it's like you don't need to brag that you do charity. You do it without saying you do it. Well, you could do that, but I guess they're trying to keep going with the PR on their image and everything. I know, you know? I know. I guess in that sense, John Cena shouldn't be awarded for doing like right. a million no, wishes and stuff because why would you award someone for doing charity? But- right. So whatever the rationale for doing it, obviously, their motivation, it was legitimately nice to see the WWF wrestlers with the people. What and, they and, do, uh, like, yeah. because here's the thing, is we we always give them credit for, like, this is, like, a full-time job, right? right. It's it, There's a lot to it. Yes. Like, you really do have to, like, be ready to go visit, like, children's hospitals yes. and, like, fucking that was schools nice to see. and, like, gymnasiums and encourage the local basketball team and stuff. Like, that's, right. like, what they do. Yeah, no. Like, so, not, like, day-to-day. And it's nice to see that. Yeah. So we'll go back to the table now where Gorilla Plugs next week... And Bartlett acts all annoying. Whoa, oh, 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 yeah, the know. whole time. So next week we're gonna have Kamala versus Doink. Oh, thrilling! Tatanka versus the Repo yep. Man is still there, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Repo, yeah, Man. that's odd. Plus the Bushwhackers, Quinn. Oh, Look see, at that. that! They got the nasties and the Bushwhackers. That's to a be hot lineup. Yeah, good lineup there. Anyway, uh, Bobby wants to turn Bartlett into a snowman as we get some mustard clips before saying goodbye. So I'm going to tell you the truth. This was a tremendously stupid, fun episode of Raw. I loved every bit of it. I have nothing bad to say. There was a lot of bullshit that is 93, but honestly, Gorilla and Brain, they saved this. Oh, cause, yeah. Because this could have gone sour real quick. Yes. Like, because Bartlett was out of fucking control, Joe. I hate everything that's happening. <laughs> that's the one I will say, like, besides that, it was, like, kind of funny. Yeah. Everything around it is horrible, but it's oddly amusing, again, because Brain and Gorilla are just kind of, like, putting like a nice coat of paint on it right, right. And, and no one's taking anything seriously yeah. at this raw bartlett needed to go by this point though it his his shtick is is lame it's it's, it's yeah it's just a bad place for it's him it's gotten be. to the point of being annoying yes and he just needs to go i recommend checking this out simply because it's like just strange that it even aired yes like, it it's feels very like strange a, episode. it feels like a like a blooper episode or well, something. Gotta have live TV, right? So yeah. they had to do it. Now, if you have Peacock, it's uh, season one, episode nine on Peacock. Oh, thanks, it is there. Joe. Yeah. That's the that's the version that we used. Uh, and if you don't, and you don't have the WWE Network, if you're overseas, I'm sure uh, Richard Land can get you a copy of this if you really want to see it. Right. It's an infamous have. episode. Yeah, and it's fun. Uh, yeah. Honestly, if you don't take it seriously, it is pretty fun. But you're right about Bartlett. Again, you could tell that he is witty. He has wit. Like, he picks up on nuances he- like a comedian does, but... This is not the place for him. He's super limited, though. He he well, can't in this he context. Make, you could tell this stuff was written by him. 
before. Well, that's what comedians like, write like their he wrote jokes down usually. a couple of in, a couple of things. But Probably. here's the thing: once he got past the four different distinct Vincent isms, yes, he just did them all six thousand times, and that doesn't work on commentary where you have to like talk the whole time. Right? Yeah, I agree with you there. But folks, uh, thank you so much, honestly, for being with us here for another week in the world of retro wrestling. I just want to mention a couple of things real quick. If you want the pay per view reviews, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Try them out. Leave us a review right now if you don't mind. If you haven't yet on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you call it, please do that. That would be really great. And obviously, follow us on Twitter and join the group on Facebook. But when we come back, it'll be next week for another episode of OVP, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being with us here. We really appreciate it. And that's all I've got, Quinn. I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn, and we will see you next week. See ya. He ruled the ring for over a decade. He filled more arenas than Ali, Foreman, and Sugar Ray combined. And he's been crowned WWF Champion an unprecedented four times. This April 4th, live on pay-per-view, the immortal Hulk Hogan is back. WrestleMania, the World Wrestling Federation's greatest spectacle. Watch the return of Hulk Hogan as he teams with Brutus the Barber Beefcake to wage war with a heartless money ache for the WWF Tag Team Champion. Stop! Stop! Stop!